0: Alright, it's been a little while since I've recorded anything, and I apologize for that, but uh, had some family issues come up, and then the whole COVID thing, it was hard to get guests on, as well as the stuff going on in the world with the whole rioting and Floyd and all that nonsense, but I actually had a episode pre-recorded with uh, Brian Keane where we discussed a bunch of different things that it was actually kind of funny to hear it after all this nonsense that's happened because that was back on like May 9th that we recorded it and now we were able to kind of sit down and I edited it and uh, going to be releasing it now and some of the stuff we discussed in that episode was kind of a ironic prequel to what ended up coming out so It'll be interesting for you guys to see what you think of it. Well, we discussed everything from overweight cops, dealing with complaints from the general public, and of course, as always, some jujitsu. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for listening. You're Add- editing it, but I don't know. It still sounds like a joke. Um, all right. So, uh, uh, with me today, I got Brian King and, uh, we are just uh, discussing some things for your, he said we better start recording so we don't lose content. I don't know how good any of the content's gonna be, but gonna uh, be stupid. yeah, it's gonna be real <laughs> dumb. Anyone that's listened to any of the other ones knows how dumb it is, but uh, that's all right. So what I've done with the last couple people that I've had on, uh, most of the guys listening to this are already know you, but for those that don't, I've been having people kind of introduce themselves and give a little bit of backstory, like where you grew up, where you're from, that sort of shit mm-hmm. and uh so where where where'd you grow up brian i grew up on bad street bad street
1: <laughs> <laughs> of my friends here you know, that yeah. I, mean. <laughs> no, I grew up in new jersey uh back in the 70s you don't know what that's about no nope. but uh yeah in the 1970s when uh, everybody smoked yeah and, and <laughs> what were they smoking <laughs> no no <laughs> everybody smoked cigarettes and yeah. uh everybody drank whiskey and I grew up in a, most likely like you did, a poor donkey Irish, yeah, drunkard family, <laughs> and and it was just, you know, it and was just a different time. When I see people now, it's just hard to explain what it was like. Right. Like no cell phones. know um, It just it was different. Like I don't know. People just talk more and they related more. Right. Now it's so odd to see people with cell phones because they have no people skills, you know, and they're just like robots.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we've actually talked, I forget who I was talking to last, last time we talked on this. Um, well, no, it wasn't last time. I don't know, a couple times ago, but we were discussing how like glued people are to their phones like to where yeah myself included i and my wife gets so mad when i point it out to i'm like you're on your phone
1: and we're sitting together yeah like you know when you go out tonight with your wife take her on a date and you're looking at your phone you're like what are we doing here yeah exactly it's like (laughs) i thought we were gonna go out
0: the worst part is is my wife got my oldest a cell phone for Mm, her birthday but it's not a like it can't it doesn't call it's mainly so she can watch like YouTube and yeah. she can she's got an email on it so she can text us if she's connected to Wi-Fi How old is she? Eight. Oh God, eight. eight. You're yeah, done. stupid. Until- I, I I my wife's like, "Well, I gave it to her so we have something to take away from her." I'm like, "Or we could just take away oh, other stuff." I it to her. Yeah. yeah. No. Like how about we don't give it to her cuz it's mm-hmm. been a disaster since we got it." I'm like, "Are you like why? Why are you doing this cuz
1: everybody else his kids have it." Yeah. You know, and you don't want your kid He'd be that one kid that's like the lagger and falling behind. Yeah. My 12-year-old like that. She has a the phone. She has a computer, all that stuff. And it's frightening because, uh, this is a funny story. So she's probably nine, maybe nine or ten years old, and she went over to sleep over a friend's house. So I gave her my personal phone <laughs> so she could call if she needed me, you know, whatever, right. Daddy, come pick me up, whatever. So my wife gets the phone when, uh, when we pick her up. And sure enough, what's in the, the K for the phone, or the Q for the phone? Penises. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So she's swearing up and down. Now, and like, you
0: oh, had to, oh, did you have to verify that that wasn't a search that you had done? No. <laughs> <was
1: that, laughs> yeah, are you uh, sure? No, no. Been.
0: It's like, no, no, honey, that was hey, no, me. No, no, uh, Sorry. No, no
1: doubt. Could have been. <laughs> but no, it was definitely her. And she said, I swear to God, mom, I was looking, we were looking at pencils. I swear to looking at pencils. <laughs> I <laughs> bet. Yeah, yeah. I bet. A lot crazy from pencils to penis. Yeah. It is what it is. Unfortunately, um, you cannot keep your kids young Mm-mm. longer. Now, because when we were kids, I was an idiot. Yeah, know? yeah. And, and, you know, you, you believe everything your parents told you, but now you're a kid has the, the magic box It says mom and dad are liars." <laughs> right There's yeah of it.
0: well that's why kids now they don't believe in Santa they don't believe in shit anymore Even because it's like believe in God yeah they definitely and, and I'm
1: you know I mean I, I won't go off on that religious tangent, <laughs> but it's just crazy it's just yeah. crazy how it is and, and um, it's great to have all that knowledge at your fingertips but it's not right because it's not real knowledge it's just facts and, and well right.
0: you know what's funny is so a friend of ours she was over the other day and she's she's a smart kid like she's a family friend and uh, Sarah teaches her dance and stuff. And she's really smart, goes to Pine View. Like she's a really mm-hmm. smart kid and she's doing her math. She's doing her math homework and she's like, "Sarah, what's 32 times two? Like for part of the problem. And she's not doing herself. And my wife's, my wife's like, give me that phone. And she's like, no, like. Come and get me. And like, my, yeah, and my my wife's like, you know, obviously can't hop after her because she's got a broke foot right now, but she's like, no. And, uh, but the funny part is, as I said, I go, you know what though? I remember when I was in school, how in math class, myself included, several times would be like, why do we got to know this shit? We're just gonna like, we'll have a calculator. And the teacher's answer was, you're not always gonna have a calculator. And it's like, little did they know, no, you always have a calculator.
1: (laughs) Um, Cause my son is eight and he's going through, um, you know, area of a, you know, of a square or perimeter or volume. And I'm the best thing from COVID. I get to teach my kid homeschool. Mm. So, and he teaches me. So (laughs) we go through that stuff and you realize
0: how dumb you are
1: because no, that's how I feel. I like it because it brings me back. And unfortunately I remember more from 1982 <laughs> than I remember from last year.
0: <laughs> well, yeah.
1: So I have no idea. What there, so
0: it's embedded in there somewhere. Some,
1: somewhere my teacher ingrained that in my brain Yeah. so I can use it. And we're going over multiplication tables with him and he is built just like me in his brain where it doesn't come easy to him to know them verbatim, but, You know, he can know that, you know, uh, 9 times 9 is 81, but he may not know that, so he'll be able to, like, 9 times 10 is 90 minus 9. Yeah. He can hit that part of it. Right. And I can see how his brain works to get to where he needs to be, instead of just having to memorize it, regurgitate it, he can work the problem in his head to get to where he needs to be.
0: Right. And that's
1: important, um, just because it's critical thinking. I may not be able to get there the same way you do, but he can get there.
0: Well, thank God for my wife, because... There are so many things that I, you know, I, she does the majority of it Mm -hmm. teaching her, but there'll be things where she asks me and I'll tell you what, it made me realize like there are things that I know, but I cannot explain how I,
1: how how
0: I know it or how I get to that answer. I'm (laughs) like, I, I'll tell you what's really sad is I would like to think like one of my best subjects in school was English. Like I could, I was good at reading. I was good at writing. I was good at all that stuff. But now she's going through, like she's doing like the pronouns and the adjectives and the spelling and the how this, be- and this rule means this and, and I'm like, I go, I didn't know any of I don't think I ever knew any of that. I think some of it I just like I picked up on, but man, like watching my wife explain it, I'm sitting there going, oh,
1: oh this- like,
0: oh, yeah, that, that's actually, you. she'll give her a rule and I'm sitting there going, not oh, yeah, that works for that too. Like, it's very weird. Because
1: maybe you didn't think you were listening, but you were.
0: Maybe, but I honestly, I think some of, because I'm the opposite with math. Math, if I can, if I'm doing it, I know exactly how I'm doing it because I have to, th- I'm not as good at math as I was at the English yeah. thing. But again, that's one of those things where it's like, until your kid is talking to you about it, you're like, how do I explain that? Like, cause I just know how to, like you said, I just know how to get there. I don't necessarily know how to explain how I got there. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: And, and like I said with my son, I like not to explain it to him, but see how he gets there. And sometimes like, how do you think? He goes, I just know that. <laughs> okay, rock on. If you, got, if you got it in your head, you got it Right, in your head. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I have enjoyed so much the schedule of when I'm home with my kids, we do like playtime in the morning. Mm. And we've done everything. We've done skateboarding, played basketball, done archery. Um, we do yoga. We do uh, like a dynamic warm up. All kinds of stuff in the morning between like eight thirty and nine o'clock. Yep. Then we read for a half hour. Then he has a Zoom meeting for another half hour. And you know we go throughout the day like that. And it's I can understand how kids get better doing homeschooling because mm-hmm. he doesn't get the distraction that he gets in school. Right. It's not with so some regimented. other kid bothering or yep. whatever. Hey, it's me and him, and we do it. Now I'm not saying it's good, bad, or different, but I think it's a good change. And I honestly think that you're going to see a lot more kids get pulled out of public school oh yeah and go to homeschooling because public school is abysmal
0: right you know and it's no fault of the teachers i'm not going to blame the, the teachers it's, it's the, the, the system. it's is the system and the thing is though is man i hate to say it when there's not like a great i hate bitching about something where it's like okay but maybe we should try it this way i don't know the other way we need to do it but there has to be a better way because i think it is shit I just don't know of the better way to do it. Because I, can tell, I can tell you the better the, way. W- well, homeschooling is not an option for everybody, though. Understood. Yeah.
1: i tell you what you do. You do like I do. My one daughter, very smart. She goes to Pineview. Yeah. And Pineview, very, very hard school. And you have to um, test to get into it. And not everybody can do that. But it's a charter school for gifted children. Right. And it's like iron sharpens iron. Every kid there is smart. And... The curriculum is hard. I can't help her out with most of her stuff now. Right. Um, but she has the opportunity to do that. I will allow her to do it. As long as she's willing to do it, she wants to, which is great. On the other hand, my son, who was diagnosed with 135 IQ at five years old with ADHD, public school did not work for him at all, um, to the point where uh, they wanted to hold him back. And... I was like, no, we're not doing this. They they didn't have the resources to help him. Mm-hmm. And to get those resources, we had to jump through committee after committee, committee, and hoops. I, I sat in a meeting one time with him, with like ten people.
0: Right. For
1: for like a six year old to say, How are we gonna, you know, provide for right. these kids? I'm like, he has a problem with reading, how about we get somebody to help him with reading? It's simple. <laughs> you know, if, if somebody was drowning at the school, they would be like, let's put a committee together and see who's gonna throw the ring into the right. to save this kid. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And, and I it, it, it angered me to the point where I told him I was like I have put people in prison with less of a committee for than this like, right with less of a you know so I was like this is ridiculous so this is what happened he got this thing called the McKay scholarship you can get in, in the state of Florida and it paid you back the money that you pay in your in your taxes to public school right so it gives us like over six grand and we sent him in you um, and they eat challah bread and they speak of the Torah Which is fine I, It's great, the Jewish people are awesome And we uh, we get so much more for our money And believe you me, we have to pay as much as we get mm-hmm. But the investment is going to be worth it 10 years from now mm.
0: Yeah, I don't know I I don't know I I guess, again, if you can afford to do that that's an option. Oh, believe you me. Sometimes, it it, sometimes though, you might just have dumb kids. Like they're they're, you know, might just have a couple dumb kids. They don't even have the choice to go to
1: But you still have to find the way that you can give them the opportunity to become the best that they can be. Right. With, and with whatever it is, not every kid's going to be academically strong. It doesn't mean that they're dumb. It just means maybe they don't have the aptitude for that. Oh, but yeah. your kid might be able to build Legos. Oh, so your kid might I build was just going to gonna
0: use- say, I had a buddy in high school that yeah. he was not the sharpest guy at all in the sense of any sort of book smarts. But you put an engine in front of him, didn't want it, matter what kind, he right could it right take back. it apart, well, put it back together. He could fix it. You could be like, hey, yeah. there's something wrong with this. Fix it. But
1: that's he, the problem yeah. with our society. It's like, well, he's not smart. Well, maybe not smart in your way. Right. But he's smart in another way. And, and that's when, you know... A bunch of years back when Obama was president, he's like everybody needs college education. No they don't. Yeah. No they don't uh, that's the biggest Some scam in the military. Some people need to go to trade school and you know I, I feel like in the future the the guy who's gonna be making money is a plumber.
0: Oh for the sure. The guy who
1: can snake a pipe instead of toilet it's going to be worth millions because you're going to have all these idiots who can just look at a phone, but they're unwilling to get their hands dirty and say, mm-hmm. well, why, why would I do that? Yeah. So they're going to pay somebody $350 to set a toilet, which yeah. is two bolts. So you know, the last
0: right? episode I did was with my buddy Logan from college yep. that he's a welder. That's, he's done that since he got out of high school. Like that's what he is. He's like a master welder. And now he teaches at a, like an SCTI yeah, yeah. type thing. And he does really well and he has a lot of side stuff that he does and like he's, smart. he's a really good but i mean he's welded all he's welded on the pipeline he's welded at nuclear yeah. plants like he's done a ton of shit and it's like you said now he can pretty much name his price exactly. and he didn't do college at all i mean now he's going back for different things but i mean yeah, but what it's it, more smart, what it'll
1: yeah. is get his students started sort of uh, company and Mm -hmm. farm them out and say okay guess Mm -hmm. what i'm your boss you're my welder right and and that would be here you go
0: yeah well he's already got some side stuff like that lined up but anyways we got off track so you're born in new jersey yeah we're dumb idiots and uh from there where'd you go new jersey to
1: went to college in connecticut the place called the i went to quinnipiac college but now it's quinnipiac university (laughs) very very important people went there among myself (laughs) Uh, Murray Lender the guy who makes Lender's bagels he went there
0: what, never heard of it exactly yeah what What did you go to college for
1: oh well uh, drinking beer <laughs> yes and chasing girls oh, mostly yeah. uh, I was young and stupid but I had the and opportunity now you're just old and stupid okay I, I, played, <laughs> I, no, I played hockey <laughs> in high school and this place was going to give me an opportunity to play hockey oh shit and I played for about a minute and toured a meniscus in my knee <laughs> and stayed for the, done and stayed for the other four years to drink beer <laughs> yep. and be an idiot yeah so uh went to college and in retrospect spent a lot of money for i'm not saying i don't use it
0: you can say it you don't it use it it was four
1: years <laughs> that allowed me to grow up and get out of the house now i'm telling you the military probably would have done the same thing if not better and they oh, would yeah. pay me to do it uh but you're young yeah. i was 18 years old and my yeah. parents wanted me to go to college okay so yeah. yeah you know i had the opportunity to do it now mind you I paid for 20 years of student loans you know and and unlike the mindset of today I signed the paperwork so it's my bill, right so you know I didn't uh, I didn't wash it out so get done with college and I take a sales job now I went to school I got a pre-law degree
0: in college. Pre-law? Pre-law, stupid. <laughs> Useless.
1: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I did like,
0: That's like majoring in like underwater basket weaving. I it's no, just... Well not, <laughs> it's well,
1: not if you want to be a lawyer. So, I guess.
0: You weren't going to be a lawyer.
1: No. So, I did a. Internship. I would never let you be my no, lawyer. No, I did an internship at State Attorney's Office <laughs> in uh, Connecticut. And I was like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. Just, you know, just more or less writing... You know, law and stuff like that. Oh, how boring. And right. a bunch of gibberish. So I was like, you know what? This is kind of dumb. And I, and while I was in college, in the summertime, I got a job selling cars at a Chevy Mazda dealership. Yeah, Chevy Mazda, Chevy Nissan, something like that. So I sold cars, and I'm like, this isn't very hard. You know, you just got to be personable and tell people, hey, if they want to buy a car, you sell them a car. You work out financing and whatever. And, um, you know, not to be a uh, shyster or anything like that, but I saw how, how bad it was. But... I was able to, at the end of my college years, work there and pay the bills. So I got out of college and I was decided to move back to New Jersey. I moved back to where I, okay, well, here's a little background. So I'm a junior <laughs> in college. And my parents said, hey, guess what? We sold our house for moving to Singapore. Bye. So I was like, okay. You <laughs> Are you an only child? No, no, I got an older sister. Oh, okay. So, but she's, she I, was already gone. She's just, yeah. So yeah. I'm going into my senior year of college i like, hey, we're done. Uh, we sold the house for moving to Singapore. Like, oh, what? Okay, you know because I had planned on moving back.
0: Was that was that ever a plan of theirs, or they just did no, that? My that was just how it was. Nowhere.
1: leasing, and they opened up a branch in Singapore. And they offered positions. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. So they sold the house, and they're like, "Hey, come get your shit." It's like, okay, rock on. So going into senior year, I I'm, guess what it's Singapore. Okay. Yeah, which is good. I mean, I'm by oh, this yeah. time I'm 21. Yeah. So I'm a grown man. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So you make things work. So I, uh, I lived in an apartment with two other guys. And I, like I said, I sold cars in those years and uh, got out of college and I said, hey, what am I going to do? I went to sell stuff. So believe me, back in the day, people used to fix computers. <laughs> and I'm not talking about just like keyboard, keyboards, uh, hmm. monitors, uh, what is it? The what kind of printers, the line printers. You know, oh yeah. Used to and fix and them. And So I worked for a company called Computer Systems Repair. At a sea caucus, so I worked right across from Giant Stadium, and we used to repair stuff. So what would happen is I was an account representative, and I would call your company. I'd say, Mr. McBride, do you have anything that you need fixed? And you're like, Yeah, I got an okie data mine printer or whatever that we need fixed. So I would say, Okay, save it till like a month, and I would come and I pick up like twelve monitors and your printers and all that stuff, and I'd have my guys fix it. They fix it, I bring it back to you, and that's what we would do. And you, you know, you you'd solicit accounts from big companies and it was New Jersey, New York, so you had a lot of stuff to draw from. Right. So we were doing that and it was right at the precipice. This is probably 96, 95, 96 when people stopped fixing that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I saw the writing on the wall and I got out of that job and I went into a telecom job selling telecommunications, meaning uh, your, your company is AT&T and you're getting... 31 cents a minute For long distance I could do it For (laughs) 30.5 It was no joke It was hard I mean But it was That That was the way It broke it down And I did that And I was like You know what And I saw the guys That I work with And these were good people But they were just like Just dead end Every day you're just Calling people And deal with clients And I was like You know what I made money But do I want to do this For 30 years And And as corny as it sounds I was like, I'm not helping anybody here. I'm just kind of getting through life. And it was a, a bad commute to where, you know, I would drive an hour and 25 minutes over a 25-mile span to get to work. It was ridiculous. It was like, oh, no. a bumper. So I was like, no, not doing it. So I said, you know what? I want to be a, a cop. So in
0: the Northeast. Because when in doubt, oh yeah. be a cop. Yeah. That's that's everybody. Eh, yeah. So <laughs> in the
1: Northeast, um, very hard to get a cop job you go to a test that they have whatever once a year and for two positions 2,000 people show up and unless you're like the chief son or somebody right. connected you're not going to get it so I went and started taking tests and i was like okay no problem I mean I took tests all over like the Rhode Island state Police, everywhere I was like this is dumb so my father who lived in Palm Harbor called and I talked with him he's like hey down here they have a program so that he
0: went from Singapore, Singapore no, no no this to- is my real
1: father oh okay heart, okay. Heart oh life. I got you I got so you. my real father lived here in Florida and uh, I hadn't lived with him or talked to him. Not talked to him, but lived with him. Let me see. I had time with my like 20-something. So I hadn't lived with him since I was 11. So probably 15 years, I had never lived with this guy. Yeah. So he offers me to come down to Florida. I put myself through the Academy of the Alternate Route Program. Okay. So he lives in Palm Harbor. I got him through the St. Pete Academy. So I, I take all my junk, put it in my, my four Taurus... And I moved down to Florida Which
0: isn't that funny All of your shit would fit In a four Taurus e- oh, then Yeah no problem Yeah you had room still no <laughs> You were no like no Oh problem. yeah this is easy
1: So I, I take the Taurus And I move down to Florida And I move into an extra bedroom In my dad's house And he is in uh, A relationship with a lady Who he married eventually So this this will be a good story <laughs> So I'm hanging out And I, I'm putting myself Through the academy But I'm delivering pizzas And I'm working a security job At a hotel Like you know I'm, I'm yeah. working my way through this But it's like every day I'm working You're working, hustling working, working. Yeah So uh Put myself through the academy in St. Pete. This is right after the riots, like okay? In, right after the '96 riots. So it was tense. It was tense. Not here, but but was... you would run in cadence in downtown St. Pete, and people would be like, you know, Mad Dog. Oh really man. I had nothing to do with the riots. I'm yeah. Just a like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we, we do that, and and I'm going through the academy. So I come home one night to my dad's house after like working my job delivering pizzas or whatever. And I walk in the house, I'm like, what is that smell? So I'm like, it's beyond me, and I'm hanging out. I go to the kitchen. My dad comes out. and goes, hey, we had an incident a little bit earlier tonight. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, my girlfriend or fiance at the time got angry at me. She got your gun, and she took a shot at me in the house. (laughs) I'm like, for real? And he's like, yeah, shot right through the bed or whatever. I'm like, okay. So he hands me back my gun. and It was my own personal gun. It was like hammerback single action. He's like, he's like back. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, okay. So, um shot right through the bed at him. I'm like, okay, because I like, smell like I didn't know at the time. It smelled like the cordite in the yeah. House. I'm like, what is going on here? So I'm like, okay. So, this is like, maybe
0: need to distance myself from that a little bit.
1: <laughs> you know, but this is like I'm like two weeks from getting out the academy, right? And I don't have a job yet. So it's it's you know, a lot of people got sponsored through, didn't have a job. Yeah. So, like a week. Towards the end of the academy, I got offered a position at the Largo Police Department, and of course, I don't know any better, but I need a job, right? And I think at the time it's like twenty-six grand to start. I'm like, yeah, I I got a bit. I don't got
0: to deliver pizzas no more. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) but they're like, you
1: know, I could get a job with like Pinellas County, but it's going to take six to eight months for to go through. And I and in the alternate route program back in the day, they would pre. Screen you so you went through a poly and you went through a background, and you went through all this stuff, so they could hand a packet over to an agency and say, Hey, this guy put himself through, he paid for it, here's all the stuff done for you. So, I get a job with Largo like a week before the uh, academy ends, and it was pretty cool because I got to graduate in uniform, and some right. people didn't. So, I get this job, and uh, like the day before I graduate, my dad's like, Hey, you got to move out, and I'm like, Okay, <laughs> you know, I got it. So, uh, I graduate from the academy, I get the job in Largo. I move into a one-bedroom apartment in Largo by myself. I had an ironing board. My friend gave me a single-seat yellow futon. I had a 13-inch color TV with a VCR, so it was really, really yeah. sweet. classy. I bought a microwave, so I used a microwave box from my entertainment center to put my TV on. And I had a sleeping bag. So I would sleep in the living room of this place, because I didn't have a bed yet. Yeah. And um, I would... <laughs> that's it that's all i had like up, <laughs> that's, that's it maybe <laughs> some utensils like a, a, a bowl a plate, one bowl yeah, one no spoon joke. one fork. no job yeah. so i get this job and you know i put myself through the academy and you know although you know my father hadn't let me stay at his house i'm broke rather right. than a joke you know i spent all my money moving down here and i put myself through the academy on a credit card mm. so i'm like great you know and I, back then it probably cost twenty eight hundred dollars or whatever it was but it was a, like a five, six month of cash. Right. So, you know, going back and forth from uh, Palm Harbor to St. Pete, I like ate up gas. Yeah. I was, I was delivering pizza. So that, so whatever it was, um, so I moved out. And I remember uh, working there and starting the cop job at like 26, 27 years old, not knowing my ass from a hole in the ground. No. Wow. Uh, but it was good because I was young. I was single. And um, it's an adventure. Yeah You know it's excitement When you first start Yeah So I had no problems Living in the, the place Or whatever So um, I remember one night I went out with my friend Steve From Queer Police Department We went out And you know Hanging out with friends And uh, he had uh, Hooked up with a young lady And she She took him off somewhere But her friend Was going <laughs> to drive me home So her friend drives me home And uh, She's like Hey uh, You know can I? Can come I come upstairs? No. <laughs> no. No. I like, no. Sorry, I only got
0: the one sleeping no, bag. No, no. I was, you know, I was embarrassed. You know? Oh was, yeah. And
1: I was like, you know what? No. Uh, maybe another time. Never even got her number. Like bailed out, ran into the bushes, and disappeared for us. No. So,
0: <laughs> luckily. Uh, well, I want I. Let let's say you do take her upstairs. Mm. What do you say when you open the door and all there is is an ironing board, Seriously. a futon, and a sleeping Seriously, bag? You're like, you're like, "Hey, uh, uh, hey, I'm broke. welcome in my yeah, home." Make comfortable <laughs> so you can sit in the corner. If you
1: want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, needless to say, not very socially uh, active back then. So, I get into the job like six months, and we had a shooting in a complex that was next to mine. Or some lady killed her husband and uh, she fled to Brazil or something like that. But they offered up a courtesy spot in HUD housing. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll take it because it was free rent. Yeah. So I roll on to this place and um, it is like wall to wall HUD housing. Not bad people, but just poor people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I go in there and I'm living high in the hog now because I'm saving $600 a month. Right. So I, I got a two bedroom, two bath with a washer dryer
0: full-size futon so stackable no, I, I bought
1: furniture from like rooms ago
0: yeah
1: and i bought a bed damn I was like, oh yeah i was living large so uh, you're like let me run
0: into that chick again she can drive me home again Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> no. so
1: I, I did start dating a, a young lady then um but uh, i was in my 20s and relationship wise I made some poor decisions <laughs> and so uh, this is a really good story and it's a kind of a story how I met my wife. Okay. So I worked nights and of course just like now we had the Largo, whatever, Largo Hospital, Largo Memorial Hospital. And I used to go to the ER all the time because I'm a cop, you know, so I'm in there with, with bad guys. Right? So I met this nurse in the ER, really nice lady, she's married. So I was dating a lady at the time and um, actually I was living with a lady at the time and I um, this in the HUD housing or this yeah, oh yeah in the HUD yeah. oh yeah so um, <laughs> little lady in time in the HUD housing and this girl's like hey do you know any cops who, who want like are single and want to date a nice nurse that's here she's like she's from Canada and you know she doesn't have a boyfriend and she knows nobody here and you know she going to get out and, and have some fun I was like you know what I know a guy so I I talked to my friend Ryan I said hey come over here to the hospital because I thought he was single <laughs> and I'm like hey I want you to meet this nice young lady nurse because, you know, she wants to go out. If you want a double date with you or something like that, we can, so he comes over and this nurse comes down and, uh, I, what I remember most about her is her hair. She had so much beautiful blonde hair on top of her head, pretty blue eyes. And I was like, wow, I said, well, this lady's good looking. So they're, they're talking. And did I...
0: you still have hair at this time or no? Yes. Oh, okay. I
1: did. So, um, <laughs> I, I introduced her to my friend Ryan. I'm like, Hey Ryan, this is whatever her name is. You know, Janet, this is Janet. And I'm like, okay, you know, go talk to her. So I didn't know that this guy Ryan was dating another female cop on the side that I work with, but you're not supposed to do the GO, so we had to keep it on down. Uh. So he says, no, he doesn't want to date her. And I'm like, this guy's a fucking idiot. Right. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So he doesn't want to date her. So I went home like the next day and told the lady I was living, I said, you get out. <laughs> and she lost her mind. And she starts screaming out at me and she's like, I ain't got no money. I can't do this and that. And I said, well, what's it going to take to get you out?" She was $500. So I cut her a check <laughs> for cash, for $500. Boom, get out. Yeah. So she gets out and she left her stuff there for like a month. Um, but she gets out left like her cat there. I mean, this, <laughs> this, this is enough. So, like I said, made some poor decisions. So, but after this, after getting this straw out of my house, I made some decisions on my own. So I was never going to Date anybody Who didn't have At least a college degree I was never going to date Anybody who had ambition That was to live off of me And what I do Right I wanted them to have Their own dreams and goals Um, And you know I wanted somebody Who had some I don't know Some self-respect That they realized You know They weren't going to be Like a baby machine You know Yeah 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 So um, Not like a week later I went back And I spoke to that nurse I said hey That guy's dating somebody I said Is that girl working tonight? And she worked up in uh, cardio For So I called up for, on the hospital And the nurse is like, Oh
0: no, I don't want her dating you. No, they're, they're <laughs> she's, like, oh, she's like, No, no, I that's why I said, Do you know a guy? Yeah, <laughs> no, so I was like, I called her up
1: and I was I said, Hey, um, you know, I, I met you last week, you were my friend. Uh I don't know if you remember me, but I said, Do you can you like to go out to eat? And she said, Yes, yeah, So can I take you out to eat? And she probably didn't even know remember who I was. Right. So I was like, Yeah, no problem, I'll pick you up and we went out to Cody's roadhouse and I got her a steak a couple nights later or whatever and uh, took her out she didn't call me Come, Call me back or nothing like i was like what's going on I, you know listen i'm not the best looking guy either, but i took her out i think i get a call back you know? yeah oh uh, but first date no joke uh no kisses or nothing like that yeah. i was just like you know like a gentleman uh, so, yeah. which
0: anyone that knows you so, you're not but she, that's all right no, no, no. So, okay. this is 2000 so i go
1: to pick her up at her house in st pete and she had just bought a brand new 2000 mustang gt in uh performance red like remember the old oh yeah uh, what is it the old mustang yep. cobras of red ones oh yeah it and was it was that color so i I, like, I
0: used to want
1: that yes
0: that mustang so, so like, bad boy, this
1: girl she drives mustang she's you know super good looking lady and i was like well okay so uh, we went out and we had a good time and uh threw some drinks in her you know but not to not to try to do anything she oh okay and i dropped her off and i was like Shit, she didn't call me or nothing And I used to leave notes on her car Hey, just thinking about you Give me a call Oh, that's nothing, not creepy Nothing, nothing Oh, no <laughs> Yeah, okay Maybe yes That's alright, so, a little bit So, no, she was <laughs> So, uh, finally I called her back And I'm like, hey, you know Do you ever want to go out again? You don't call me or anything And she's like, no She was raised right, right And she's not calling boys You know, it was like that Just, you know I was like, okay, well, hell So, we went out again And eventually uh, started dating And then This was probably 99 Ninety eight, ninety nine. So we dated for like maybe like a year. And then um I got the job down here. So I'm working at Largo Police Department. How did you
0: know
1: made you put in down here? John Allen.
0: Oh, he was at Largo
1: too? Yeah. So John come down here.
0: I thought it was just Woody was up there. It was John.
1: No, uh Wayne Zelensky, I don't know if you remember him.
0: I know that name, but I didn't know him. So
1: no no John come down first. Um, I know. Oh, no, Johnson, I'm thinking it was of
0: Zelensky in the jail. Go yeah.
1: Ahead. Yeah. So John come down and I oh, that's right. Out.
0: It was John. Okay. I did ride right along
1: with John. Yeah. So comparatively, Largo a 14 square mile city, and my zone was like one by one mile. <laughs> no joke. That was right. my control zone. Oh, geez. Two other guys worked the zone with me. Oh my gosh. So uh, you guys were
0: like stacked.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah but the call did you
0: guys like actually walk a beat no You no, no? no. drove a
1: car but oh, okay. call volume exponentially higher right call so the call to call, to call uh, eight hour shift you go to the jail three four times a night yeah you just go and hook up but it was different back then like you go to a, a domestic disturbance where nobody uh, punched kicked or scratched anybody it was just a verbal you would say hey folks we come back we're gonna have a problem mm-hmm. but you know don't come showing your ass we show up once it's courtesy come back to people going to jail Right. No paperwork. Nothing. Yeah. Because you couldn't. Because if you did, you'd be writing 20, paper- 20 things a night. Right. So we go and uh, work at kind of Largo. So I I come down here one night and I do a ride along with John. And this is old days when uh, John worked up in Zone 2, which is adjacent to Zone 1 up on the north side. Mm-hmm. But it was 99. Yeah. So there's nothing up there. So he worked like University to Fruitville all the way out to Vernon. Uh So he worked out Damn. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So we got a call out of Fernando And I'm with John. It's like maybe twelve o'clock at night. And uh, I'm riding in the car with him with him and we're driving. From For those
0: that don't know, this is way, way
1: in, oh, it's in uh, out
0: in the country, BFE, like way out there. So
1: compared to working in Largo where I'm in a city, right, we start driving. And uh we're driving <laughs> You're like we're not there yet? No. Like. No two lane <laughs> blacktop. Right. No lights. Past cow pasture, because back then there were no houses out there. Right. We're driving for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, you're joking me, right? This is bullshit. <laughs> He's like, no. I said, where's your closest backup? He goes, you're sitting next to me. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. So we drive out there, and it was uh, two girls got into it or whatever. It nothing big, but, you know, you were 20 minutes from your closest mm-hmm. backup back then. Yeah. Um, so I was like, wow, this is crazy. And, I, you know, more or less back then we said, where's your backup? Well, you're wearing it on your hip. It was you. Yeah. And, um... So, but I said to myself, do I want to raise a family with kids? Not that I was going to marry my wife yet, but I kind of knew. And I was like, you know, do I want to raise a family with kids here in Penelope County where it's wall-to-wall people? There's just traffic is a there. Do I want to do that? And I didn't.
0: But you'd already come from Jersey, dealing with that traffic and that that, that type of shit. Like, ugh.
1: um, And then I came down here a second time during the day. With a guy who I worked with at Largo named Paul. And we went to the beach with the siesta.
0: Mm.
1: And, I, you know, I'll be damned if I didn't see maybe Strom or somebody out there and we spoke to them on a four wheeler. And I was like, you know, we're from Largo. Like, you know, this is what you guys do. You ride up and down the beach and, and you look at <laughs> bikini girls all day. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, really? He's like, really? I was like, okay. I said, I think, you know, this would be pretty good. And, right. and seeing how much more affluent it is here and we were like, you know, this would be a pretty good place to go. So I was like, okay. So I applied and got hired uh, right behind Jeff Doyle. Same day we showed up. So me and Doyle uh, got on. I think his number is like a couple ID numbers ahead of mine, but he just hit his twenty and I just hit my twenty. So uh, got the job offer, come down here to Lard, uh down here to through Sarasota, and got an apartment for about six months, maybe, maybe that. Um, but was commuting back and forth to my wife's place in St. Pete for a little bit, and then finally after six months, I asked her if she wanted to come down here and move in with me. She did, and she got a job at doctor's hospital. There you go. And that was how I got here. And uh, twenty years later, <laughs> I'm still sitting here. With still five to here.
0: Go. Five to go. So that's funny. Uh, someone sent me. Uh, uh a buddy sent me a thing the other night, and he goes, "Check this out, coolest app ever, and it's a uh, countdown." Till retirement yeah. or whatever, and I'm like, I don't want that. I go, I'll be depressed as shit if I that's put like that a, in. that's
1: like a one or two. But thing.
0: someone else in my in that same group text is like, I only got ninety four days till twenty five, and I was like, yeah. Whoa, like that's are they gonna pretty. stay or are they gonna
1: punch out?
0: No, nah, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay. And here's so here's what I told my wife because I was talking to her about it. I said, Listen, here's the reality. Is I'm in my eleventh eleventh year, yes. but I'm I may I, I made the cutoff for the twenty five. Like Thank I'm you know, yeah, so I potential. I will tell you right now, unless like something drastically changes, twenty five. I'm doing twenty five. I w- I know I'm going to have to work, unless I'm unless I'm fine with where I'm at, and I like if twenty five comes and I'm you, yeah, and I'm happy. But I'll tell you right now, my goal is twenty five. Because here's the thing: if I retire at 25, I'll be 52 years old.
1: Yeah,
0: that's dude. That's I can go do something else and still like I'm gonna say, but because. I, well, I'll tell you right now, man. This job right here, like, if especially in this day and age, if you can make it 25 and not be hemmed up on something stupid, like ridiculously so. Hey, you you know get out while you can.
1: Okay. You know what I mean? So I, I know where this is going to go, but I'm going to ask you this question. <laughs> are you more worried about external threats, meaning bad guys, or internal threats? Meaning oh, in,
0: internal all day. I mean, I, that horrible? yeah, Why? I, it's just because here's the problem is, so when I say internal, it's not necessarily even like, uh, Oh, sabotage or being blackballed or anything like that. I mean, there are those, obviously there's, there's those people there and, obviously like i just said i have a lot more career to go so i'm not trying to screw myself over here but i will say this the internal threats do kind of i'm not talking about uh necessary like i'm not as concerned about not that i'm lax or anything like that but out on the street i'm not so much those threats i can i can encounter and deal with but the problem is is when they are making phone calls that are coming into the inside and the the whoever's in charge wants to field that call and say, "Hey, we're gonna make an example of you, or we're gonna, hey, we're gonna do this, or what have you." That's the part that I'm concerned with. Instead of be, I mean, I can give you a perfect example. Just a few weeks ago, and again, I'm not gonna say any names. I uh, was doing. I, I went to a domestic, and uh, I went as a. I went as a backup. Like I didn't have to yeah. be. there. I was just nearby. I showed up, uh, walking up. It was one of those where, as soon as I made contact with, there's a guy standing out in the driveway. And it's a it's a nicer neighborhood. Yeah. It's nothing crazy. Uh, just came out as a family disturbance. I, I walk up, there's a guy on his phone. And I said, I go, How you doing tonight, sir? And again, we're in the midst of this COVID nonsense. I've got a bad. mask on. Yeah, like, yeah. I've, I've, you know, because I, I got young kids. I got, I, listen, uh, I'm trying good. to be as smart as I can be. So I'm wearing a mask. And he's like, Huh, wearing a mask. And I was like, Yeah. Like, yeah, you, if anything, time. it's safer for you, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm if anything, I'm protecting you more. Like, yeah. you know how many people I've dealt with that maybe I have something that you don't want to get instead of yes. you getting. So anyways, I was like, yeah. I go, so what's going on tonight? He's like, well, why don't you talk to her? She called you. And I was like, well, I'm talking to you. You know, like, yeah. what what's I going think, on? Yeah. And he gives me his side of the story. I, okay, hang tight for me. Other deputies walking up i'm like hey you talk to i go inside to talk to her get her side very similar story it's basically just them arguing and kind of you know again this is probably a weekend of the lockdown of like everyone's quarantine and they're yeah and they're just you know at each other's throats whatever they don't whatever so i basically long story short tell both of them listen maybe you guys should sleep on opposite sides of the house tonight there's no crime here you guys just don't talk to each other, You're ignore there. each other. Basically, just like you would tell your kids, leave her alone, you leave him alone, just don't yes. touch each other, don't look at each other, don't breathe each other's air, all right? That's the best advice I can give you. So that being said, we're done with this, right? We're gonna you know, yeah, type you up know our thing, about. yeah, hey, bye, have a good night, We they, they thank us for our service, cool. We walk down the street, again, because I was the first one there, and I'm not saying anything against anybody, but I still practice the thing of, I'm going to park a couple houses down before I come up on something because I don't want to get get ambushed. So that being said, we're a couple houses away from this location. Uh, The deputy, who I didn't really know, started asking me some questions about jujitsu. He'd heard from someone that I do jujitsu. We started talking about it. So we're discussing it. And uh, all of a sudden, I see the guy walking down the street. And I go, God Dang it! We should have left when we had the chance. Yeah. Like, what's because he never went back but inside. Should have pulled
1: around the block. Yes, and go. he was just yeah. standing
0: there. He comes walking down. I go, "Yes, sir. Can I help you?" And he go, he goes, "Yeah, is everything okay?" And we go, "Yes, yeah, sir. Everything." Like, I go, "Yeah, everything's back. fine. We're just you know talk, just talking about something." Yeah. And he uh, and he's like, "Okay, well, I wasn't sure if, when are you guys planning on
1: leaving." Right
0: now, sir. Which, well, to me is like. Hang on, I just came from a domestic where they're, you know, they're arguing. Yeah. He never went back inside and he's going, when are you going to leave? Now, again, I've been doing this job for a little while. And I will tell you firsthand that sometimes people like to escalate things after we leave. So I said, well, well, you know, we're going to leave as soon as we get another call. We're just discussing yes. this one and we're trying to get it done. And again, as professional and as polite as I could be, I was explaining to him. Yeah. Again, we're parked down the street. From his, his yeah. residence, we're on the street, we're not in someone's yard, we're not, you know, we're talking to each other. And he's like, Well, just because you guys are kind of causing a disturbance. And we For said, For who? For who, exactly. For who, sir? Because we look around, and this is one of those neighborhoods where it's an older community, there's not a yeah. single light on in any of the other houses. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Well, my neighbor called wanting to know what was going on. I go, Well, I think that was probably because the sheriff's office was at your location, not because we're causing a disturbance. And he's like, well, I would just appreciate if you guys. Would leave." It. And I said, okay. okay, sir, we'll be out of here in just a moment. And he walks away. We continue talking because we're like, can you believe that? And like, we're yeah, again, yeah. we're not, we're not loud. We're not adamant. our, our, our lights aren't on like nothing, mm-hmm. right? We're just standing. maybe two minutes goes by they maybe a up. little bit. He's, he's back. When I, I guess I misunderstood. When are you guys leaving? And I said, sir, is there a problem? Like, is there a problem with us being here? Yes, you are causing a disturbance. And I go, how are we causing a disturbance for you, sir? And he goes, my neighbors are calling. And I go, uh, you're, they're calling you? I go, because usually if there's disturbance, they'll call, call the call sheriff's office. Yeah. yeah, and like, we're already oh. here. And he said, he goes, who's in charge of you? And I said, that would be the sheriff, sir. And he said, no, who's in charge of you right now? And I'd be like, I said, well, my supervisor's not working, but if you'd like, I can give you the, I the number. I attack. can give you the, the non-emergency number. You can contact them and let them know you want to speak with a supervisor and they will put you in contact with the right person that will contact, they will contact you. Yes, sir. And again, the other deputy even gave him the number. He called, We and, and now I was like, well, I'm going to get a call about this anyways. I might as well stand by no, no. until He's yeah. able to, you know, yeah. express his discontent, mm-hmm. and they can hear that we're both in the same location. Yeah. There's the no reason
1: we're here, sir, is because of you. Exactly,
0: and well, he tried to. I I forgot to mention he did try to say you're on private property, and I said, well, sir, I'm actually on a roadway, and uh, this is the. And he goes, this is the roadway that belongs to the division. We pay for this roadway, okay. and I said, that's that is true. So I go, and it. I okay. said, do you see that it says sheriff's office on the side of my vehicle? I wouldn't be here if I hadn't been called oh, to your location. I go, office. I'm I, I go, this has this has nothing to do with you paying for private property. I could patrol all these streets all all in this whole neighborhood. I realistically, I could drive around yeah. all night. Yeah. I'm not and again, this is the tone I'm talking to him in. Yeah. This is how I I I'm not trying to be like condescending, man. confrontational, nothing. I'm just explaining to him, listen, sir, you're you're getting upset about the wrong things. And it again I know it's been kind of a long story, but what ends up happening is he talks to a supervisor. Supervisor contact: Hey, you need to clear the area okay. because we had already cleared the call. We, it wasn't like there were calls holding yeah, yeah, for us to go to. Yeah, he's thing. like, he's like, hey, just clear there. Okay, cool. Well, I call the supervisor when I leave. Okay, and this particular supervisor, I happened to, I used to work with him in the jail. I now, you know, I know him. Like we went through the crossover oh, yeah. together. I know him. I give him a call. Hey, just all right. I actually texted him. I said, give me a call when you get a chance because yeah. he was on something let you know what's going on with this complaint so that because the other deputy who's a newer deputy was like oh man i'm gonna, gonna be, gonna be and i'm like it's fine i'll talk to him it's fine so i call, he calls me and i tell him what happened i t- told him verbat- i go listen that guy did not want us to be there when we got there initially i go so if you want to express to him which i already kind of did sometimes things are escalated when we leave yeah. so and and uh not kidding you when the sergeant ended up calling me back he like i gave him that he called the guy he calls me back and he says he goes that guy what he goes he goes well that's 11 minutes i'll never get back in my life he goes he goes because i'm telling you right now he goes i explained the he goes here's the craziest part he goes well your deputies were very professional and polite and you're going okay he goes yeah like I didn't think that they were like what, so what? what is your complaint <laughs> like like, yeah, like did so what are you complaining about well I don't know why they needed to sit out there well sir sometimes after a, he goes I, the right he goes after a call he goes I wasn't there they may have been discussing the notes that they were going to put down for the report yeah. they may have just been discussing anything else of something else that they de- like he went into and good on the supervisor he even said he goes i don't know if you realize this or sometimes deputies work other calls throughout the night that maybe weren't as calm as yours and they need someone to talk to about it or blow off some steam and sometimes that's the only time they get to do it is when they see another deputy at a different call so that could have been what was going on and goes or they could have even just been sitting there to make sure that the situation didn't escalate like i explained to the guy hey sometimes when we leave Things so escalate, odd, you know? So about how
1: it takes a supervisor to say that to him, I want to talk, yeah. to, you know,
0: I want to, talk to someone like that important. Guy, yeah, they, well, that's the whole squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah. They think if they squeak loud enough, yeah. they're going to get but, but something. But
1: the supervisor will appease them right. and say, okay, man, I got you. You know, I took care of it. Anything uh-huh. else I can help you
0: out with no. No." Right, and I have no problem with that. The problem that I have is, again, uh, I've been doing this job long enough that I'm not... It, you you know this I get
1: hemmed up by that guy. Well,
0: but it it takes a lot to get me riled up for, you know what I mean? Like to get, I mean, you too there. Listen, we've seen a lot of stuff and I mean this in the nicest way. I I am here to serve the community because that's my job. But I will tell you right now in all reality, what's happening in their life is the biggest thing that's happening for them right there. When we get there, we're literally just refereeing where it's just like in a boxing match. Listen, Vander, Holyfield, Mike Tyson—that's the biggest match of their lives. The ref, yeah, he's got some pressure on him to make sure it goes well. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, he's not getting punched by Mike Tyson.
1: No, he's right? an uninvolved third party.
0: Right. So that's what people need to, I think, keep in mind a little bit. They can't, but
1: you got to understand from that person who it's probably the worst day of their life. They probably can't compute uh, compute that in their head, right? Because they're not used to. it. Well,
0: they want you to be as amped up as they are because so, they're upset. Yeah, the, the,
1: the problem is especially with this job is like you said you become desensitized to it because you've seen it so many times and and i'll I'll use it in like a home situation where you know you need another one yeah when your kids like skins a knee and you're they're like if this is the worst thing on earth you're like you skin your knee you're not gonna bleed out (laughs) you're gonna be okay um
0: i'll tell you right now having girls i am very much the dad that's like hey uh i'm like you know what i say you're a tough girl You got it Like I, I give her a, It's some encouragement But it's also like yeah, it's Hey one. I want you not to be A hysteric Like my one, one of the twins Is the She will melt Whether it's a Chopped her finger off Or You know Stubbed her toe Yeah That like she's There's no I think all One can in be like that. Right I, There's I, well, that
1: exception Kid who's like eh, Whatever
0: Right Their emotions are right At the top oh. At all times You know It's hilarious But Um, so there was something that, uh, when, God dang it, it was when you were talking about coming down here and now I can't remember what the hell it was. Ah, hang on a second. Well, that's true. Um, Uh, Hang on. I made a note about
1: going back on the, the supervisor thing and, and, and it relates exactly to your call. You went on your call, you spoke to him and you spoke to her. You got both sides of the story before you came to a decision and probably after speaking to another deputy and said, Hey, this is what I got. This is what you got. This is what we're going to do Right Thumbs up Yes Unfortunately what happens And I've seen this How more times With supervision is Your guy called the supervisor Supervisor never calls you Or the other deputy And all of a sudden He calls you up on the phone Yelling at you like, What'd you, you do, do? And, you're, yeah. and you're like
0: Wait what Yeah
1: And and It seems like Their investigative Investigative experience Goes out the window Right right And, and, and you know And it's the same thing I've been to an IA like that Where There were five cops on scene they got two of us... Internal affairs, for those that aren't They got two of us to, yeah, yeah, of us to speak about it. Um, they didn't speak to the victim. And the bad guy was like, yeah, these cops beat me up. <laughs> Six months after the fact, I, he filed a complaint with no record of injury, no photographs. Yeah. So we went there, and, and and this was years and years ago, but it's like... I go to see the IA guy at the time, he's not here anymore. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, you did your investigation. I said, did you talk to these other three cops you're on scene? No. So did you talk to the female who this complaint <laughs> who, who possibly you know was gonna get raped by this guy? Right. No, because she witnessed it too. And I was like, listen, if I did an investigation
0: I was just gonna say, if you're a normal beat cop, yeah. you do more investigation and, and than I spoke that. To
1: everybody involved, <laughs> I I I would call that do my due diligence and and a comprehensive investigation. I said, Why didn't you do this? And he's like, Well, uh, you know, and, and it was unsustained. And I said, I'm not signing that. I said it should be unsubstantiated. But uh, I said, I'm not signing that, that's not a complete investigation. I said When you interview everybody else and get their side of it, call me back up. I'll, I'll review it and then we can do this. And I, to this day, I've never signed that. Um, I, and I don't know where that comes from. And I'm not saying in any way, shape or form that management should side on either side.
0: Well, like you just said. Do your due diligence. Do your investigation. Do do it. Treat it just like you would if you went out to a call. Like just
1: because I work with you does not mean I'm always right.
0: Right. Well, you have you listened to uh, uh, Andy Stump on Cleared Hot? Yeah, he has said it so many times, and I love it that he says it. He goes, "Just because you are a Navy SEAL or any sort of veteran, yeah, does not give you a free pass." Like, guess what? He go. He talks about that one seal that was in his uh, yes, his uh, his him, honor yeah. seal, who was, or honor man or whatever it was in their their seal class. Yeah, he go his buds class. Fuck it. The guy and his wife killed somebody. Like killed yeah. multiple people and, and got rid of it. And class, he was yeah. honor man. And it's like listen, you can you can do great things and still be a gigantic piece of what shit. Like for Did sure. Did
1: you listen to uh, him and Mike Glover?
0: Yes. Yes. Phenomenal oh, funny. I know. If
1: anybody ever that listened guy's... to this podcast, listen to that one because
0: that one Oh, it's so good. Uh, uh, Bueller, he's, he told me, he's like, oh, you got to listen to this. And okay. he's, oh my gosh, so freaking funny. Wait. But uh, I, I remembered what I was wanting to ask you about. So uh, I again, uh, not to, we've already named some names. I'll edit those out later. But uh, I received a text earlier today of a picture of some individuals and uh, it it brought up a kind of a trend in our feed, our, our the text chain that I was involved in, and uh, so it, someone put on their like hashtag thin blue line, and I said, oh, there's nothing thin about that line, and it made me want to talk to you because you've been doing this way longer than me. How so? From when you started back in what was ninety six 97? yeah to now. Do you feel that like the obesity rate of cops has gone up, or it's actually gotten better?
1: It's like, the
0: same. You think so? It's,
1: I'm telling you. Like you
0: still have the same. There's some people that want to be like in shape for for okay. theirs. Yeah.
1: So I start working at Hargo in '97, '98. In my car, uh, mate, because we hot seated a car. I know you know nothing about this. But I would work from uh, 11 to 7 in the morning. But before me was this guy, Carl. And Carl was about 6'5 and 300 and something pounds. And we were driving at the time, Crown Victoria's. And I would get in the car and I could barely see over the wheel because he had crushed the seat. And this is a Crown, Crown Victoria <laughs> with probably, let's say, 80,000 miles on it. Yeah. But accumulated hours because this thing ran 16 hours a day. Right. It was like through the roof. So. You'd get in the car and I, I would be looking up at the steering wheel like the wheels in my face. I think, geez. Like, fast food wrappers shoved between the seats. Like, you might uh. find a chicken wing somewhere. <laughs> Sweetheart of a guy. Good cop. But just gigantic. And um, I don't think it's changed. Um, I think it is a hazard of the job because you're stuck. But think about what we do now. I mean, I'm in patrol and you're in canine. But it's, for me, it's 12 hours in a car a day. Yeah. Not conducive to any type of, of healthy lifestyle, no. because you're sitting all day. Yeah. Um, unless you get out and you walk around and start moving, that's great, but if not, you're stuck in that car because uh, the computer's in the car. So big change from when I first started, more than the obesity, is when I first worked at Argo, there were no computers in the car. So they would ask you to copy a call, because it was clear speech, and you'd say, I was Fox 254, I'd say, Fox 254, go with the call get a notebook out, write down the address, mm-hmm. pull out my map book, yep. find out where the address was if I didn't know it, and go to that location with the notes that they gave.
0: So, aside, uh, let me stop you right there for a second. Uh, the map book thing. Yep. So, when I first started, they still issued us map books. Yes. Yeah. And I will tell you right now, I'm going through field training, and there were, I think, two, maybe three FTOs and that actually, like... Get out your map book like blah 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 Let's to go. this location. And the you know what though? Two out of those three, as soon as they saw I knew how to use it,
1: Didn't they work. were like,
0: oh, okay, we're good. never mind. Because here was the thing is I prior to that, I had been, I mean, I've been delivering windows and stuff. Like yeah, I was I I work construction. So I had I had one in my I had one in my vehicle. I had one, I had done it. I used to work for a moving company, like I knew how to work a MacBook, so I was actually like better at that than using the GPS, so to speak, on the computer that we had at the time, which was shit. Mm-hmm. I was quicker on pulling the MacBook because we didn't have the phones. So that when was you, when we still had Nextel's, we didn't have- so when you started, have,
1: they didn't have the GPS on the computer? No, Okay, same no. with me. They, um,
0: but they did, they allowed you, if like an FTO, if you wanted to bring a, uh, what are they called, a Garmin, or whatever, like a Garmin GPS, you could bring that and use that unless they were like, hey, get out your map book. But see, I never brought that. So if the if the FTO had one-
1: I'd use it if I, not,
0: yeah. Sometimes, I would still use the map book a lot of times. like Because I was more of like, if I looked and saw where it was, yeah. I was like, okay, I can get there. I never had it to put on
1: the computer.
0: Yeah, see, because I, I, well, the Garmin's though, there was one FTO I had, I had no idea how to use it, so I just let it sit up there. And I went a whole shift one time and it was at the end of the shift that FTO was like, they go." How have you been, like, how did you, you were like the first FTO, or the first recruit I've had in, I don't know how many, that didn't use the GPS, and I go, I, oh, I didn't know how to use that, Yeah. and they were like,
1: I, used the I think,
0: I'll, I'll tell you right now, I think that got me more credit with that person than anything else I did, yeah. because it was literally like, I'd been, you know, again, I'd been delivering stuff in Sarasota County, yeah, I kind of, it was one of those things where, like, I'll tell you one of the best advice I ever got from any FTO was you, you find out what zone, cause a lot of FTOs, if they didn't work a certain zone, they were a floater for a certain sector. Yeah. So you found out where you were going next. And the night before you would go, okay, here is where zone oh, five, zone six. Yeah, zone so seven, eight, nine. <laughs> like, but it was one of those things where one of yeah. the best things you could do is when you hear one of your zone partners you sound off. Going. You go. I'm gonna start heading in that direction. I'll figure out where it is as I get close. Like yeah. as I like. Hey, Zone Seven's calling for backup. Start north. And I'll start heading north from Zone Eight. Like I know I need to go this yep. direction, and then you listen or look on the computer for roads that you do know. Like, oh, hey, they're on. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the intersecting roads is Beniva. Okay, that's a long road, but it's in Zone Seven, so I can kind of head that way. that way. And like. That's the thing though is like now there's no common sense. Everyone's got, like what we were talking about before. Everyone's got the phone and they just uh in the phone and they will follow that line on the phone regardless of like hey, they just told you this
1: like it's it's really like sad. Like I said before. But the man who can set your toilet one day will be king. <laughs> right, he's going to be
0: king. That's right. That's right. Um, so anyways, you Back to the obesity thing. You think that it's the same. You I see think lots that... of fatties. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> already. Oh that. yeah. But uh, for me, I'm saying though. Do you nothing... think back in
0: the day they there was yeah.
1: nothing worse for me to see than an out of shape slob looking cop because right. that person represents me, mm-hmm. and if I am 48 years old and I am in better shape than your 28-year-old ass, mm-hmm. you make me sick.
0: And well, you've made... Yeah, like, what are you going to do? You're never going to... You're not going to get better. If you look like no. a gigantic piece of shit... Okay. You're not bettering your... So, sh- you're not even trying.
1: Here's part of... Uh, part of... And I... You know, in retrospect, and you know me, sometimes I say things I shouldn't say to people who I... <laughs> but I did. So I had a certain guy come up to me one da- one day. We were at a SWAT... Thing and uh, you know, he's an upper level management guy. And he says, Hey, man, how can I, you know, what's going on? Can I help you? That <laughs> and I said, Yes, sir, you can. Dumbest mistake, <laughs> don't
0: you know, ever so, say anything.
1: You know, so the, he said, Yes, sir, I'm doing great. No, no problems at all. everything's Cause, great. Cause You're I'm awesome. I love this. Often. Everything. So, yeah. uh, at the time, I'm an FTO and I said, Hey, sir, I said, You got to help me out. And he's like, well, what can I do for you? Genuine guy, what can I do to help you? Out? I said, Sir, I said. Sir. I said if you feed me guys in FTO who are in their 20s and are already morbidly obese, <laughs> have a permanent speech impediment, okay, or English is not their native language, I said, I can't fix those people. <laughs> and I said, You're giving these people to me and you're setting us both up for okay, failure. Right. And, and it's a disservice to everyone. So, um, and he looked at me like your dog looks at you. like mm. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, You know, unfortunately, this guy, not a bad guy, but just not uh, in his lane. And I'm not in his lane either. And I've been told by supervisors that I'm not a big picture guy. <laughs> and you know what? I get it. I am not at that level. Right. I, I, I don't see the big picture. What I do see is someone who can't get on the radio to say that they're in trouble because they have a stutter and them getting killed. That's what I see. And, and you know, it's like a rubber meets the road. Yeah. That's where I'm at. This guy can't tell you where he is, and he couldn't get it out if he did. So now this poor person is going to get killed because we failed that person. Does not make that person a bad person, but just makes that person a person unable to do the job. And right? I, I can't help that.
0: Well, and you know what's crazy to me too is, and again, I'm not trying to. I won't say any names, and I'm not trying to. I actually. So I recently did a presentation for our uh, in-service training. and Yeah, it was great. Uh, I was so proud uh, of you. Because thanks. listen, I told you already. When I first met you, I thought you were mentally
1: defective. And I am not the only person who was like, this guy, he's got some problems.
0: I do have some problems oh, still. Yes. Like that's not that's not a question for sure. But I will say this. I, you know, I said in that that in-service training cycle where, again, everyone through the agency cycles through it. Uh, I wasn't able to, unfortunately, I wish I had been able to be at every single one. I think I missed three of them. Uh, I I wish I'd been at every single one just so I could have the benefit of saying, okay, 100%. You've been trained. <laughs> everyone on the in the agency, not to say that the guys that did it for me when I wasn't there didn't do a good Absolutely. job. I'm just saying that, Uh, There's no, like, because that was one of the reasons I volunteered to do it was I was getting so frustrated with some people because they weren't doing certain things that I not only anticipated them doing, but like felt that, why wouldn't you do it like that? That is what you should do. So I thought, you know what? It's not fair. I can't get mad at someone that wasn't taught to do it or trained to do it. So once they've been taught or trained to do it, there's no excuse for them to not do it. Right. Right. So that was my thought process. But during that, at one point during that training, I, well, every single time I taught it, there was a part during the training where I said, I'm not here to fat shame anybody. You know who you are. Okay. If you can't keep up. Right. If you can't keep up, don't come with me on a track because guess what? Like you said that they represent you. That part doesn't bother me so much as, and I used to say this all the time when I worked in the jail, because I used to get upset about our our physical standards, our physical tests—that that is a standard mm-hmm. and how, and again, this is just my own perspective. This is nothing to do with anyone that I work for. I'm saying this is my personal belief. I feel it could be upped quite a bit. I feel like the bare minimum is not that great. And the fact that a lot of people will make a joke out of what the bare minimum is bothers me because here's the reality. You're my backup. Just like you were talking about earlier when you were driving way out east, who's your backup? Oh, that thing on your hip. Guess what? We're lucky enough now that we are a little bit more condensed, The Sarasota has grown exponentially. We are closer to each other. But here's the problem that I have. If I know you can't do the bare minimum physical standard, which is not that high at all, How can I expect you to help me when I'm in need? If if shit actually hits right, if shit actually hits the fan, okay. how can I expect you to go do what needs to be done for both of us when you can't even do what needs to be done for you? Understood. You know.
1: But understand this: nobody that you work with today went to MIT or Harvard or Ivy League school, right? And to expect them to perform at that level. It's unrealistic. However, what I think is this. If you make me roll a 12-hour shift, provide me with the opportunity because I'm required to take a physical test. Right. Give me an hour so that I can work out. Last hour of my shift, mm-hmm. give me that hour, uh, you know, to go do something. That productive. I'm productive than I paper, for, but yeah, and, and under supervision. So, hey, you go to the gym, you work out. Imagine this.
0: If I find out you're just sitting there watching the TV,
1: no, you got to move. Yeah. So imagine this. Think of this. You show up to somebody's house. Some cop shows up to your house to help you out, and they are they look like a bag of rags, <laughs> and they are morbidly obese, and they're young, and you're like, really, this person can't help themselves, right? You know, how are they
0: going to give me life advice? And they can so much that not way. advice, but life. How are they going to give but me guidance? No, yeah.
1: It, yeah. It, if, if I were to put this person on their back, they're never going to get they're up. Done. They're done. They're and, done. And this is what I see a lot more that from when I started till now, when I first started on this job, there was no taser. We had pepper spray, but it was pretty, I'm not saying new, but you know, I carried a PR 24 side handle baton.
0: Oh man. Yep. I want one of those so bad. And
1: a pistol. Oh. And like I said, there's no computers. Um, but you would handle business. Right. And if somebody needed to get their ass whooped, you're going to be the person doing the job. Uh, I think with the introduction of the taser, I think that it allowed people to have a false sense of security, being that, oh, I can rely on this to help. On
0: you. on both sides of that, though. I will counter on both sides because guess what? Yeah. There's a lot of freaking bags out there that are like, they count on the cops not going to escalate this as quickly because filling there's a, I got a camera on my phone. All yeah. right. There's someone recording this or they have a taser. They're not as scared of getting that ass beaten oh, because
1: I'm with you.
0: of everything that, you know what I mean? Like it's, total it's total been a domino effect. effect like it, you I, said, I, since the taser came along, I
1: think you're totally on both sides of it. Like, right. it's, and, and the phone thing, like you said, with the camera, um, I saw a video today of a cop saying, drop that knife, you motherfucker. And I'm like, you know what? This guy, he shot this guy.
0: He's going to get hemmed up for saying motherfucker. Good shoot,
1: yeah, but he's going to get jammed. Yeah. It's, it's like, hey, good shoot. Here's your combat cross. And they're going to slide another piece of paper across. for you and say, hey, sign you here. Used you used vulgar policies X, Y, and Z. And it's like, folks, I was a little bit stressed at the time because mm-hmm. the guy's coming at me with a knife. Um, I get it. You're stressed. But then, you know, you have people who are like, well, you didn't have to say that. Well you know what?
0: I did. Right. And he, here, well, I tell people this a lot that like, again, civilians that don't do this job. And, uh, I <laughs> doubt there's very few that listen to this, that don't do this job, which sorry for <laughs> our jaded,
1: that's stupid ass shit. But
0: I will about. tell you right now, listen, if you, cause my wife has gotten on me. I used to be way worse, especially coming out of the jail and uh, she notices a lot more when I come home from SWAT. She's like, "You swear like a sailor. Like you got it. You got to chill out. Feet. Yeah. Like a bunch of yeah." Anyways, I have noticed that, and I've told people this. I go, "Here is the thing." And I'm, uh, and this is not a uh, talking down or bad about anybody. But I will tell you right now, a lot of these people that we deal with, they talk in a, they talk with these big words, we'll call them, that uh, are maybe not so you know well received by a lot of people that are like normal everyday civilians, they won't listen to you almost unless you talk to them that way. Not in a mean way, but yeah. if you don't say, hey, listen, I'm not gonna come, if you, just like we were talking about before, if you talk, show up to a domestic and you're like, hey, I'm not gonna come back here again if you guys are behaving in such a manner, as opposed to, listen, if I have to come back here for this shit, someone's going to fucking jail. That yeah. resonates with them oh, yeah. more so. You've
1: told them exactly what's going right? to
0: happen. Right. Like, I'm not playing games. I'm letting you know this is what's going to happen. And that will actually resonate with them yeah, more yeah. because oh. they're like, oh, okay. He ain't, he's not fucking around. Like, I, I, people may not like that type of language. But in reality, you, again, you heighten. The adrenaline for everybody involved because the guy has a Everything knife. Necessary. Drop that fucking knife because guess what? That to that guy, that guy that's holding the knife, he's at right, a heightened sense dude, too.
1: You know, what they don't contend with is hey, I'm very concerned about getting stabbed here. Yeah, you know? Right. Like, it's not going to feel good. No, no, this guy is 20 feet from me coming at me and he's got a knife and he's telling me he's going to stab me. I believe you. Right. <laughs> you know? and, and guess what? I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am not knife proof or bulletproof by the mess. Like I feel pain just like anybody else does. I'm a human being and I have a family I need to get home to. I don't want to get stabbed today. Thank you very much. So here's
0: my thing. I want to see any other average person. And I know people were like, well, you're training and you're blah, 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 blah. Listen, right. So on that being said, okay, you're going to even give them the warning Like if they're coming at you with a knife, you have your gun drawn, you're even gonna say drop the, I would love to hear you even say drop the fucking No, someone else with a gun is just gonna drop that dude like all day long, but again, again right. We're held to a higher standard and I understand that. We assume that responsibility and I'm okay with that, but here's the reality. I I okay with Monday morning quarterbacking as long as you played the part of the quarterback. As well as well, the other well, team, as well so as understand. the coach, as well as all of that. But the problem is, is people just want to be the outside person looking in well, and never play the part of very, the guy.
1: It's very easy because unfortunately, a lot of the people who are playing the Monday morning quarterback either haven't done your job or haven't done it in decades. Right. So they don't get it. You know, they're not out here with these people and are like, well, you should have done this. Well, yeah, but I'm not a robot. be 100% right, 100% of the time, <laughs> and you have literally tenths of seconds to make decisions. Right. Um, it's it's unrealistic. And yes, everybody that I've ever worked with as a cop, they're all human beings, and they all make mistakes, and they're all fallible, and they all have character flaws. They all do. Yeah. To expect them to act any different than a normal human, that's abnormal. Right. And there are going to be mistakes, and I think not only does the public but management has to take that into effect and say, "Guess what? This guy was trying his hardest, or this girl was trying her hardest, but they failed. Mm-hmm. Not because of they wanted to, not because they were malicious. obviously nobody they in life wants they to made fail, made a mistake. especially when it's a life yes or death they sort of situation. An and guess what? They know it, and that's that is the uh, the worst part of our job is. Um, you're expected to be held to a super high standard um, all the time. And right. there's no room for fallibility. And and it's an unrealistic expectation held on people. And the the analogy that I, I give to people is pretty simple. When I was in high school, I was a very good baseball player. I could hit the ball really well. So let's say in high school I could bat like an average of over 300. Today, at 48 years old... <laughs> If you took any junior high baseball player in this county and told me I'm going to get up and hit the ball to save my life, I couldn't hit a single. No, <laughs> and it's because of practice. Now, granted, when I was in high school, I played on three separate teams, and I probably played baseball five to six times a week. That
0: was all you did. So like, that's that all was I did.
1: yeah. It, it allowed me the opportunity to get very good at it. Mm-hmm. So rewind it to right now. On average, the average police officer, I would say, will shoot their duty weapon one to two times a year, if that. A regular patrol guy, that's all they're going to do. They're going to go to training. They're going to shoot that gun. Right. So that's what the agency provides them. Understand they can do anything else on their own, but that is a bare minimum the agency going to provide you. So to expect that person to shoot well in a stressful situation with two days of training out of a year, that's unrealistic. Right. Um, and to be right 100% of the time. I get it. Um, I know what management wants out of you, but it's unrealistic. Yeah, and, and that is management's fault, but it's our fault, and it goes right back to your fitness. Yeah, uh, you got to
0: do it for yourself. Yes, You've got to go it, out and shoot on your own. You've got to go out and work out on your yes. own. You've got to listen. I will be the. Fr- I'm a huge advocate of, and I, I I'm telling you, I'm obviously partial jiu jujitsu. But I will tell you right now, I am a huge advocate of anyone in law enforcement of any kind. You need, you not, you should, or it's a good idea. You need like, like breathing air and getting in shape. You need to do a martial art. I don't care what it is because I will tell you right now, the majority of grown-ups, adults, they get into a martial art and if it's a bullshit martial art and I'm not going to name any, because I don't want to like throw anyone yeah, under no the bus man, yeah. for doing certain martial arts because I think anything's going to better you. But when you do something, there's going to be certain things that push you towards other martial arts because a lot, that's what happens to a lot of people. They get into something, they go, and then they run into someone that does something else and they go, Oh, this isn't functional.
1: Yes. This like doesn't this
0: work doesn't work. work. Yes. And I, again, <laughs> jujitsu is the best in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Wrestling
0: is really good, yeah. really really good. Boxing is is great too because you can learn many different things from boxing, movement, how to read people, how to how to but here's the reality. Very very rarely are you going to box with someone in the street. Uh, wait, ever. Wait. If ever. But I will tell you this. Any of those, any martial art at all, where you are not just putting yourself against a bench, like a bar, yeah, or a dumbbell. Something that pushes back. Yeah. Yes, there is something different to moving body weight, as opposed to, I, I, uh, you know I, what I mean, a bench press.
1: I, I think it's. You need
0: to do it. Yeah, but I think you it's more to. the
1: mental side of it. Of okay, you know, I'm in jujitsu and I train three to four days a week, and last night I locked it up with a guy who was exponentially stronger than me and bigger than me, but I was able to control that person. And then you come out the next day at work and there's a person who is not as big and strong as that, is not as skilled as that, and they're excited and they want to fight with you and you realize, hey, listen, uh, if this person does want to fight with me, I'm going to easily control this person. Right. But um, it's going to allow me to stay calm and not get amped up to where I... Insc- Blow your load. Yeah. Or right. Insc- or instigate insc- this person into getting... And, and I think... What happens is that person sees you and they see that they're not getting you riled up because you're okay. Listen, if you want to fight, we can fight. But I don't want to.
0: Yes. I don't so, need to fight you. You know what's hilarious is last, literally the last episode, my buddy Logan, again, not a cop no. in any way, on the far end of it, obviously. But uh, he would, we were discussing fights and like what you learn from fighting and all that stuff. And he was, we were talking about fights that we've had that you know because the ones you learn the most from are the ones you lose obviously but what we were just he's like how many fights have you been he goes it's not a good he goes how many fights were you in in high school as opposed to now and blah blah and he goes well you're not a good example because you're a cop so you've been in more and i go i will tell you right now that i mean even from so when i was in college that's when i really started getting into the jujitsu and the cage fighting and doing all that stuff and I mean I worked at – I was security at a club in Ybor City mm-hmm. and I cannot tell you how many fights I could have been in yeah, as opposed just to just how many fights you. I wasn't because I had nothing to – prove. it's just like we were talking about earlier. When you go to these calls, listen, I have no dog in this fight. I wanna go so home, there's yeah. a lot of – like yeah. my thing, I literally de-escalated fights sometimes where I would say I would go – I'd go wait a second, I, cause they would someone want to fight, and I'd go, "Are you gonna pay me?" And they'd go, "What?" And I go, "Are you gonna pay me to fight you?" And they would go, "No." And I'd go, "I'm good then." Yeah, and they me. would that would it would catch them so off guard yeah. because they'd be like, well, "What do you mean?" And I a lot of them I told them I go, "Well, I'm training to be in a cage fight, and if I get hurt fighting you,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: won't get paid. So it doesn't do me any good." Yeah. You know, because in a lot of times it's having that parties where someone would find out, oh, you're a kid, you think you're tough, sort of. And it's like, yeah, man, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fight. I don't think I'm tough because every day I'm getting my bell rung
1: by someone way
0: better (laughs) than me like that. And that's what I'm saying is I think that just like you said, if you are realistically on a uh, even on a semi weekly basis, a couple times a week basis, Training with someone that you're going, oh, man, I'm I'm not as good as I thought. But then when you go out on the road and you're against someone that you're like, you're like, okay, I know I'm not the best, but I'm going to give I'm this guy everything guy. I got. Like I'm telling you, one of my favorite things ever is uh, Tim Kennedy and his uh, his one of his uh, quotes or whatever you want to call it on that Ranger Up uh, yeah. website. He's got T-shirts and all this stuff. But one of the things, be the hardest person to kill. Be the hardest person to kill. Because the reality is, especially what we do, is we don't know what day that's coming. I know a lot of people, especially where we work, they, which drives me nuts, is- Oh, it never happened here. Oh, it won't happen here. and No, 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 it hasn't happened here yet. Because it's not a matter of when, or a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Because the reality is, is like, it could be any day. You talk to any guys, especially, listen, talk to the guy that was, and again, I am not wanna say any names, Talk about talk to the guy that was j- – the last guy that was just in the shooting for our agency. Yeah. Do you think when he was responding to that call, he thought he was going to freaking shoot a dude? No. Not at all because especially the area he was working, those calls are a dime a dozen. Yeah. And he shows up and has to shoot this dude. Well – Like
1: – But put yourself in that position of, of being out there and working and, you know, I can use uh, the SWAT analogy of it. Of when you line up in a stack – of people, you're going into a house. You, you, first of all, you get the ops plan ahead of time and you know what number you are. And you look at yourself and you say, Okay, I'm number four. Who's number three and who's number five? Okay, I'm solid. You know I'm <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Okay, I, I, I
0: got that. And I will say this for the most part, always solid. It's pretty without you're on the SWAT team
1: but without a you're
0: pretty solid but
1: you you know and, when you're sitting there going oh mm-hmm. oh yeah that guy yeah that's the guy i want number number yeah. me, and i want that yeah. guy behind me and it's the same thing when you show up on a call and you're with uh you know somebody and you're like oh man right and you're like no not the person i want to be with and
0: well there are certain people that you yeah. like looking at that individual you would be like uh, well, but then knowing him and knowing how he yes. is, you're like, I want that dude with me every yes. single time.
1: But but you don't get that guy. Right. So what you have to do is work off what you can with the guys that you got. And I'll use a great example. Uh, we had a homicide a bunch of years back. And everybody on the team was out of town except me and Mark and every new guy on <laughs> And uh, this was a long time ago. So, we had to go pick up a homicide suspect, uh, he had shot somebody, and...
0: I'd feel pretty safe just with
1: Mark. Mark wasn't on it. He was running it from the boss. From the oh, officer. shit. So, yeah, he's commander. He ain't got nothing. I,
0: I will tell you right now that, it, it, like, side note, that is one of the... I think yeah. will always go down in my memory, like, of my SWAT career. First op I ever got to go into Yeah, a, a house on,
1: Yeah.
0: he was with me in the stack. yeah. It was in. It was in Northport. It was me, him, Cookie, yeah. uh, Cohen. Uh, and like I'm good. Yeah. Oh. Like I was just like, and it was awesome because it was like, I couldn't have picked a better crew to be going What's in that? with, and it was like,
1: hell yeah! Like well, he rolls up on me and says, "Hey, you got to run us up, uh, homicide suspect. We're gonna sit on his house. Here's the van. You got seven guys. You got these seven guys. You got these seven guys, and." Uh, Here's what happened. You know, killed the guy in cold blood, armed and dangerous. So we're sitting on this guy's house in the van and we got surveillance. And we waited till like two in the morning. And uh, my guys were crushed. They're done, they're spent. Because we're really? sitting in the van all night. So because How long
0: had, had you been sitting in it?
1: Eight hours. Oh, so, and, and you know, the lights are off in the house. So Mark's like, hey, uh, what do you got? And I said, my guy's cooked. Um, I gotta let him get some rest. And we'll come back out. If you want to rotate SIS out, keep an eye on the house. We're good. But my guys are done. Yeah. So he's like, go home.
0: Which is smart. Yeah. That's smart, right? Yeah. Like, hey, why are we going to hit this tired when this guy has the advantage? It's it's like 2
1: in the morning. Um, Go home. Why
0: were you guys waiting so long?
1: Homicide suspect. And we want him to come out the house.
0: Oh, you were waiting for him to come out. Come out and take him instead out. Instead of just hitting. Yeah, okay. no, he didn't want to. Oh, okay. Because it's his place. I got gotcha, so gotcha, No I gotcha.
1: problem. Uh, and, and it was smart. So we're wait for him to come out. So I said, "Listen, my guys need to get some sleep." So he goes, "No problem. Come back six thirty. We'll we'll get rolling at seven and get on it." So we go home, go to sleep, come back out seven o'clock. We're on the road rolling. Guy starts moving at about eleven. You know how it goes. You know. Yeah, yep, yep. So he rolls out. I ain't got nowhere to be. No, he rolls out, goes to a supermarket, hanging out at the supermarket. SIS guys are on him, watching him covert, and uh, comes out in a parking lot, and we do a not on a vehicle takedown, but we did a takedown. well it's rolled up on him in the van. Guys did a jump out and put him on the ground and knocked him down. It was textbook. It was great. And Good op, but guys were tired even with guys who had really little experience. Um, luckily, I put Todd on the vehicle. Like, Todd was a driver because he's an experienced guy and he was perfect. Um, uh, I'll just use first name. Sean was there. Uh, but some of the guys were good. I was up in a passenger seat and poked my rifle out the front window at the guy. You know, it, but everything went out real well. He right. had no chance. We put him down and hooked him up. Um, and that was with brand new guys who hadn't worked much together, but... Speed, surprise, violence of action. Right. All perfect. But and
0: you're all on the same page. Yeah. That's no, the it. biggest.
1: Well, the good part is being That's... in the van for 12, 14 hours is, hey. You've talked through every we're, scenario we're there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah. like that to the point where people are like, shut up. Yeah. Got it. We're all ready to go. Everybody's ready. And it's so crazy because you get amped up at that first one, two, three hour, and then everybody's like, oh, shit. Then by hour six, seven, eight, people are like, oh, this really sucks. By hour 10, people are like, fuck this. I don't want to be in the van yeah. anymore. So, but luckily my guys were all sharp and they all knew right. the mission. So they stayed on it and, and we did a great job.
0: Do you remember that one we did on, uh, uh, on, uh, the island Yeah, and it was a long, and it was, it was the Brilliant. same thing where it was like, what are we, you? And we had our reasons for yeah, waiting yeah. again, but it was like, oh my God. But, and it, again, it was that, like, we
1: were out there over 11 hours and our guys were cooked.
0: And it was one of the biggest houses we've ever hit Without a doubt Because everything else you hit is almost like a Without crack doubt. den So you know? I
1: was the guy at hour 10 it was I was with Robbie and I'm like, fuck this mm-hmm. This is stupid I'm done, I'm here 10 hours I'm sitting in the car for 10 hours My legs are asleep I gotta go Then, And the problem is You get a commander who has to weigh both sides remember I said big picture little picture I'm a little picture guy going my legs are falling asleep (laughs) you know I I, want to take Uh, this house down but I am sitting in the car now for 10 hours and I have to pee I'm hungry and nothing's happening either shit or get off the pot and it shouldn't take 10 hours to do that Um, but it did and finally like you said um, some of the non-essential people came out and we were able to mitigate that and hit it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: totally understand um the concept of it. But as a commander, you got to say to yourself, Hey, my people
0: are done. Right. That's when you, would, well, would you them know, we've too. had other instances like that, but I, I will say this. Um, I, again, I not saying names. Everyone that's probably listening to this knows who we're talking about, which is unfortunate. I'll probably get hemmed up for this, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll take full responsibility, but I, one of the things that has been, uh, so since you've left, not that I'm like purposely doing it, but sometimes I feel like I'm trying to uh, take uh, your spot of going, hey, what about like trying Why are we to. Doing this today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing sometimes. It's hard. And, to do. and, it, and I don't want to be. Like, so like that I'm purposely doing it just to be an asshole necessarily, but I also don't want it to not be said because no one's willing to say it that part, because if everyone's thinking it, Hey, maybe someone should say it, you know what I'm saying? So like one of the things though, that I will say, that's been the counter to um, some of my arguments. And I understand this kind of like you just said, big picture, little picture is I'm in a spot, not me. I'm talking about the big picture person. Yeah. I'm in a spot where I need to sometimes protect you guys from yourselves without a doubt. I totally and get I, that. I, I and think I, think I, think I, that a, about, I think that's think yeah. that's a great expression because it's 100% true. I totally get it. Listen, we all saw we were soldiers, right? With Mel Gibson where <laughs> the taxi driver delivers the telegram to the wife and she yeah. fucking loses her shit on the guy and he's like I don't want to I don't want to be this guy either and then it was her and other wives that are going to people to deliver to them. I get what you're saying. But, but you can't he, think about that. Right. Listen, we all signed up. Yes. We're here to do an inherently dangerous first. job. Yes. And we all signed up to do it. And I get that. And I understand what you're saying. Listen, let's do it safely. Let's do it right. But we train for a reason. And sometimes I worry that maybe we get a little bit... Uh, because of the circumstances of where where we are in society with different things, yeah, yeah. We sometimes we go. We're going,
1: uh, 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 we and we're worried about perception. Yep. Then we then go we about need to hey.
0: so that actually. You know what's funny is this actually. There was something that I put in my notes that I wanted to talk to you about because I'm watching this thing on Netflix right now. Waco. Yeah. Have you watched this? I lived through it. Yeah, but I know. But <laughs> did, have you seen this thing? Because because yes. I. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I ever completely knew the story. I kind of like. Yeah. It was one of those things that, like, again, like you said, I I was very young when it happened. Very, very, very. Because when was it? It yeah. was '93, and so I was young. I mean, I was in grade school when yeah. this happened. And uh, that being said, like looking at it, it's funny because it's not. It's not a documentary. It's a miniseries. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like. They're giving both sides of it very well because it like in the opening credits it even says well, based on story by and it's by yeah. the FBI yeah. negotiator well, as well as people that were in like the that actual Mount Carmel incident. Right. Well, and there's a couple other incidences they reference yeah. that I'm very like oh, okay. Like they're the, in my opinion watching it, I'm not leaning towards one side or the, again, I think I'm it's because I'm law enforcement. I think if you're watching it as like a civilian, you're going to be like, well, "What the?" F-? But I can see both sides of it to an at, to a yeah. point, but I will tell you right now, ATF fucked that from the word go. Yeah. Like there was no reason to be because the oh, the the sounding and I don't spoiler alert, again, I haven't seen all of it yet. But spoiler alert, the radio, have you watched it? Did, so so the radio DJ He's been the voice of reason throughout all of it, where the one part where he says, he goes, he goes, let's keep in mind, people, uh, whether you are uh, agreeing with the religious aspects of this, blah, 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 blah. He goes, and whether you agree with him marrying a 14-year-old or not, guess what? That has nothing to do with alcohol, tobacco, or firearms, those things.
1: Well, it did have to do with firearms.
0: Well, now, hang on a second, though. That's they had they were, they were there because it was suspected they had firearms. Mm-hmm. They hadn't ever actually gotten actual proof that they had the firearms. And the main concern of the firearms was the fact that they had made changed them from semi-automatic yeah. to full automatic. But at that time in Texas, all you had to pay was a $25 yeah. permit fee to be able to do that, which, again... It was never established whether or not they had first off paid that fee for the permit, which they may have, I don't know. Or secondly, whether they were selling those ones that they had converted or they just had them. Again, which is a debt. So I just find it very interesting that they're going into all this stuff and you watch the series and you're like, you're sitting there and you're going, oh, so like that to me was the epitome of like the whole Big Brother thing actually okay. starting.
1: So, bringing it to recent events, are you familiar with what happened to General Flynn? Hmm? So, General Flynn. Mm-mm. So, okay. So, this guy gets brought in by the FBI. Basically, basically on type of, uh, and this is recent, um, on some type of Russian conspiracy. Okay. They have no charges on this guy. Just, they think that he is...
0: A conspiracy for what?
1: including uh, with the Russians in reference. Oh, oh so like okay, the, okay. the Trump thing. So this guy gets brought in by the FBI.
0: And who is he? He's just a nobody? or No,
1: he was a general in the military. And he was um, an advisor. Actively or
0: like retired? He
1: was an advisor to Trump. He was, I like to say his position, but it's not in my head now because I drank too many beers. So they bring this guy in. No charges whatsoever. And Flynn's a fucking idiot too because he doesn't say, I want an attorney or am I under arrest? Right. So, and you would think he'd be smart enough to do this, but... You know, Being a regular citizen, and well, especially being a general, I think these guys are on my side.
0: That uh, I was just going to say, he's probably a general, and they're like, hey, we want to bring you in. He's like, okay.
1: So he goes in there.
0: Thinking nothing of it. And starts
1: speaking with him. They have no charges on him, nothing for collusion, conspiracy, nothing. Right. So I guess he told them some lies. Now, I'm not saying it was intentional or unintentional. I don't have the transcript. But he has no, no pending charges. Goes in there, contradicts himself in testimony. Oh, shit. They hook dude. him up, send him to prison. Okay. What? Total fishing expedition. And he more or less contradicted himself. They're like, you're lying to the federal government. He's like, okay, I did. I, I didn't mean to, but I did. Great, you're going to prison for like nine years or whatever. So this guy, he, he just uh, got the charges dropped on
0: Oh my gosh.
1: But it was a fishing expedition by the previous administration to hem this guy up because he's part of Trump's team. Totally understand. And I'm not saying I like Obama Trump either way. What I'm saying is, why was this guy going into this meeting with the FBI because they were fishing expedition. And it bothers me that he wasn't smart enough to say, hey. No. Am, yeah, if he, he just he, said, no, no. No, I, uh, no I, I'm not, am I under arrest? No, then yeah. I'm not coming with you. Right. And if I am coming with you, I want this guy called an attorney with me. I think that, you know, more or less, he thought he was trying to help them out and they hemmed him up and he's like. Uh,
0: wait a second, wait, okay. what? Like he, I guarantee. Uh, so I was talking with my wife and uh, a friend of ours that was over earlier and i don't remember how it came up uh we were talking about different oh uh the our so our friend her dad it was like he's like a retired detroit cop like yeah like i'm actually gonna try to get him on the podcast he uh he did like grand theft auto like all this crazy like he was in did a lot of undercover stuff uh sounds like he'd be really fun to talk to but one of the things that we were discussing is, like, because he got to, while doing some of that undercover stuff, he got to go do some training at, like, Quantico and all this stuff. And uh, she was discussing some of the things that he relayed to her about, like, like human lie detector tests sort of shit that, you know, and they're, like, they stressed to him, like, hey, don't go home and do this stuff on your family. You're going to, like, it's not going to end well sort of thing. Yeah. And um, it's just... What's crazy is kind of just like what you said about like him going in, he was probably thinking, hey, they're like, we're on the same team. Without a doubt. You know what I mean? Like, but we are not. Yeah. But like what kills me though is it's like, what? Like why in this series, this Waco series, it's like, wait a second. Why were you at, you were here to serve a search warrant for this? Okay. Yeah what like what are you still at a certain point it was funny the episode that I was just watching he goes why are you still here at this point do you know what i mean like you killed multiple of our people we we did but they shot first that was on video that the ATF they were shooting dogs they they were shooting at a dog that was coming at them and that sent everybody else off shooting and then fire was returned. And again, now you're into a defending your property sort of thing, uh, all of that. Because again, uh, no announcement was ever made that it was a search warrant. No one was ever identified, like there's a, just doing what I'm doing, watching it from the outside, I'm going, wow, they did all, that's probably why we have a lot of things issued to us. Yeah, like there's a lot, and I get that, (laughs) but. Check the boxes. Right, right, right. So what I'm saying though, is one of the things that the, the, people the you know religious people at mount carmel or whatever you want to i i don't like right
1: i won't
0: i won't even say uh cult because of just that episode that i just watched it's like technically jesus was part of a cult if you look at that time era the definition of a cult is you know blah 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 but
1: from that situation what i think is this um and and living through it and knowing who janet reno was um It's big picture, little picture. So little picture, you're a guy on the assault team that gets handed an ops plan based on information that you're given. You're like, okay, thumbs up. Judge signed off on a search warrant. We're going to go and do this to the best of our ability. Right. You don't know if it's a total crock of shit or not. That's... You just know, hey, I got handed this off. I have to do this because the judge signed it. My boss told me I want to do it. We're going to go through with it. Turn sideways. Now... Unfortunately, it rolls downhill. Oh so, yeah. Takes a jam session. All those guys who went in and did the oh, those guys were all wrong. But it never goes. It's up like the jam. wait They're a like, second. No no no. Here up the here place? you did yeah. Yes.
0: Well, like that undercover guy. They got j- getting jam- He got thrown under the bus, and he said, "Don't do this. Don't come." Like he's on the phone with the guy. He's like, "Don't come. They know you're coming. This yes. is a bad. They're not. There's we. I've checked." There's no guns. Like, what are you coming to? You know, like yeah, you're, it was just.
1: You're inside a rock. You're,
0: yeah, like, what are you doing? And, but the one guy, well, sorry, I got sidetracked. What the one guy said to the guy, he goes, because the FBI, the negotiator said to the one guy, he goes, hey, you have the power to end this. That was and, really they got, rich, yeah. and the guy said to him, no, 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 I'm talking okay. about at Waco, there was okay. another part where they bring him milk and the negotiator pulls him, one guy to side and goes, you have the power to end this. And he looks at the, and they're talking back and forth, and, they, and he says to the negotiator, he goes, so do you. You have the power to end this. Yeah. He goes, we've literally done nothing. Like we, the you only, came you came here yeah. and shot at us, and yeah. we shot back. Like, if you look at that in the grand scheme of things of, like literally, and again, because some of this is, Sort of muddy water because of things that happen, but it's like if you came, to like if you Brian came to my house, you just show up at my and you start shooting at my house, and I shoot back and kill you. There's not a there is not a jury in the world that's going to convict me of anything.
1: uh,
0: You know what I mean?
1: And I've actually worked cases, (laughs)
0: right? (laughs) It's like no, I didn't. I didn't do nothing. You know, so that's what kills me. Is it's like
1: how did that even? Because it's the government. And right, and that's... can do no wrong. Yeah. So and,
0: when... and Well, that's why I'm getting that. I, I bought that guy, that negotiator's book. He has a book. Okay. Because I would like to... Because from his... Based on what this series is showing, I feel... And again, I haven't finished it, but I feel like what's going to end up happening is he's going to catch the shaft somehow for being in the wrong, and... I would like to hear because he sounds like he's even anti what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like he's like, "What are you?" He's like, "No, we're we are in the wrong. Like we screwed
1: up." One thing I have learned from doing law enforcement over twenty years is nobody up top is ever going to say that.
0: Right? You can't admit that you're wrong. He even did that in the series. He couldn't. He because when he said that to him, he looked at him like. Yeah, you know we it's, can't. We can't leave now. No, like if we just no. back out.
1: But I, I have no idea why. But nobody up at that level will say, "You know what? It's on us. I take full responsibility." And that's the way it goes. It's never that guy. Yeah. Um,
0: it's really weird.
1: Well. It's, I
0: get it to an extent because they don't want to admit they don't want to let, but they don't want to, they don't want to give up that
1: power. It's two things. It's liability. It it's it. ego. Yeah. Because how could I be wrong? I'm in charge. All right. You know, it, because if
0: you show that it shows some sort of weakness to an extent, I
1: don't know. I don't, I'd say it shows strength.
0: I don't think it does. No, I would but, say yeah. it shows
1: strength, but um,
0: admitting when you're wrong, totally shows strength. If you can humble yourself, that goes back to jujitsu. Yeah. Listen, as soon as you can admit, because there are a lot of guys, especially in what we do, that is the reason they don't do jujitsu. No, because <laughs> they don't want to look. You laugh because you okay. know You, you know hear, um, who?
1: Andy Stuff was talking. I think. It was oh, you
0: yeah, your... you got a badass Navy SEAL some bitch, no, and he's no. like, "I get my ass handed Best to me." One
1: of the funny statements I've ever heard, and you only understand this if you're jujitsu guy. But he goes. You should make a T-shirt that says "I tapped the pressure." <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was talking to Joe Rogan about Hickson, or I think Hickson's talking to him about it, and how Hickson took one of the blast, best black belts in the world, put him in side control, and the guy tapped out. And another guy came up to Hickson when the roll was over because the guy took his black belt off and threw it in the trash. And, he, and he, <laughs> he, so he's like, "Hey, uh, what did you catch that guy?" And, and uh, Hickson was like, uh, "Top side control." And like, pardon me. You know, uh-huh. and yeah, um, it's ego. So you can be a world champion in jiu-jitsu, right. and this old man put you in top side control and crushed your ribs to the point where your diaphragm was done, and you tap to it. And you're like, how did this happen? How do I beat world champions, but this guy does it here, and, and it's just, it's, right. it, it's, it's great. D- yeah. It's ego. but um, and, and that's the best Because target. you,
0: yeah, because, so... Again, for not to bore people that don't do jujitsu, which anyone listening to this, I don't care who you are or where you're at in your life, go do jujitsu. <laughs>
1: Maybe. Like, no, I don't get no Maybe yes. It's
0: You're going to get something from, but the reality is, is as you get better, the, be, the better you get at jujitsu, the better you're going to be as a human being. I'm telling you, because you will be humbled in so many different ways that you will start to appreciate things in life that you didn't, you, I can do stuff with my kids now to where I go. and I, I, it's, it's learning lessons to where yeah. I've explained to my daughter, like especially things like how are you going to explain to your kids in particular, especially once you're a grown-up. You're a grown-up. Say you're not in whatever. You're, you, you, maybe you played sports in high school or you played sports in college or whatever. You're an athlete. But it's really hard to explain to your kids, in my opinion, Hey, uh, something that they can understand a struggle that's real. Like I had to do this with my daughter the other day. Uh, she she does dance and uh, acro, like acrobatic stuff, and uh, she was really struggling with this thing. And she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And one of the things is my it's wife. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had it's to simple. explain to her. I go, listen, when you because she couldn't get this certain. There's certain trick that she was trying to do and she was doing it into the ground to where she was just – she yeah. was so exhausted she couldn't get it. And my uh-huh. wife asked me to talk to her and say, what – she goes, what do you do? Because my daughter d- used to do jujitsu and still wants to but you know, she's doing a lot of dance. But she says uh, she understands the concept of it and she's watched me do it. Yeah. And she's and – and and which recipe. can I just say something? That's another added bonus of jujitsu. If you can get your kids to go watch you, yeah. If you can get your kids to go watch you get your ass beat, it will it will humble you in front of your kids, but it will also make your kids understand something that like you can't you can't relay to them in words because they go, oh, like, because sometimes they get a little upset. I've seen it where my like especially the younger ones, they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And it's it's like, no, oh, okay, there's some sort of, there's some control to the uh, violence, I guess, if that's what you want to call it, because that's what they perceive it as. It's kind of wrestling in that sense, but they see it and once they realize, oh, hey, dad's not, he's not dying, he's not hurt, it almost gives them an understanding of like, oh, dad's put in uncomfortable positions, he can understand there's a time and a place when I try to relay to my kids, especially the oldest, listen, sometimes even dad doesn't do good at things or gets hurt at things or gets beat at things, especially that, that's the big thing, getting beat. Because here's the reality. Listen, if you can't beat your kid, and I don't mean beat them, like physically beat them like with a stick, I'm talking about beat them at something, you're, you're doing them a disservice and not beat, like you run in a race with your kid, you need to beat them. In a foot race sometimes.
1: <laughs> I, I'm telling you. You it's, say it's, that, but my daughter you, beat me there. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: I'm not saying that they I can. Know. I'm saying they need to know what it is to lose. Yeah, of course. So that being said, doing jiu-jitsu, when they watch you lose, they go, oh, wait a second. Like, they, there's, a, there's literally like a mental trigger, I think, in everyone's DNA because of that whole caveman, like, wolf pack mentality of... It's different with boys. When you're the dad, you always have to beat the boys, okay? Because they want to defeat the king of the king of the castle, the the alpha, whatever it is. Now that being said, when they're very young, obviously you let them win some races, or they win they win when you're wrestling, whatever. But then you demolish them, like in the sense of like, okay, let's run again, and then you run backwards, and you're like, beat you, and they're like they're crushed because they were running full out, and there's some sort of Oh, like they start to get a concept of, oh, I lost that. I didn't win that. And that's good. And that to me is why jujitsu is so relevant in the sense of my daughter understanding, hey, I have to lose sometimes to get better. Her, so like in in dance, she doesn't lose. She doesn't get a trick. So I had to explain to her.
1: Huh? We we are helicopter parents now, right? 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 Because I don't want my kid to ever be upset. Yeah, you don't want him to feel bad. No. But that's
0: but that's what I was explaining to my daughter the other night with like because yeah. my wife like wanted to bring in something from the house. She's like, "How do you do it when you're getting beaten jujitsu?" And I go, "I'm going to be honest with you. you sometimes." Yeah, so I tap, <laughs> tap out. and then sometimes I literally have to sit there and I have to think through what just happened. Or
1: I tap and I say, "What did that guy catch yeah, me?" Yeah, and, and I ask him. How do I counter that?
0: Yeah, yes. I ask him. What I go, do do "Hey, would you catch? How'd you get? How'd you catch that? How'd you do that?" So like my daughter who's drilling the same move over and over and over, and she's not getting it. The same trick, whatever it was, there she it was go. trying to do. Come back hey, here. stop. Sit back. Why, especially in this and what we're doing with right now, she's doing these Zoom classes. Yeah, so you yeah. can sit there and watch other kids doing the exactly. same sort of up Right. You can you can sit there see and watch them do like so if you're watching another kid do it, go, Oh, okay, I see what they're doing. And then you come back to it and I just I mean not to harp on too much, I wasn't trying to intend this to be like some long, I'll get off my soapbox now about jujitsu, but I'm telling you, there's so many different things that in it's my it's, experience, it's, it's so it's, good. It's just so good. This
1: is what I learned, especially as I get older. Um, I like to end jujitsu on a loss. So I go to the gym Yes, and at the end of the end of the session, um, when I had that one roll left, I like to pick on somebody who I know is better than me. Mm-hmm. Say okay And I'll, I'll use a guy I, I roll with His name is Joe He's an ex-professional fighter Muay Thai fighter MMA fighter I know I know big, Those
0: thighs are big, like Fucking me, tree trunks Stronger
1: than me Younger yes. than me But I'll roll with him Because I leave Being humble Because Okay let's say Before him I roll with a couple Blue belts And a couple white belts And I beat the brakes off him it Makes me feel good Because right. I'm like Oh yeah I got this guy You don't I remember Yeah So I'll roll with him Because he's a gorilla and I'll be like, oh, gee, I just got hold of like a full-grown man. Right. And he ragdolled me. And you're like, you know what? No matter how tough you think you are, there's that guy that's out there. And it gives you the pause to say, you know what? I understand I can take care of myself. But if I run into this fool, he's going to wrap me up. Right. And that's what it gives but you.
0: But what, what is the main thing that it does?
1: It gives me levity. And know that, hey, guess what? I
0: I need to keep coming back. Yo, yo, I need to oh, keep you, training. I need to get better. But
1: also, better. too, it's the camaraderie. It's the the puzzle that you're trying to solve. It's right. you getting better. So, like like with your daughter, um, you know, when you hit something, that, like you'll see something on the internet and you say, hey, that ball's in my game. I can hit that. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I watch some catch wrestling stuff now because I think it puts jujitsu guys on their heels a little bit. So I, I'll do some catch wrestling stuff, and uh, I catch guys – in, uh, like this cross side choke that I used from the side side of the control position and it works well because they don't think about it. They put themselves in the position and I crush them with it and it's right. great and um, it's it's the seeing it and then applying it that is that successful for you're like yes I did this mm-hmm. and being an older guy now it's nice when you can put that on a younger, stronger guy because that's pretty much what jiu-jitsu is about and say, okay, guess what? I, I don't have a stand with this technique, guy. I'm not as strong as this technique, kid. Technique. But I put him in a position, and when you get to a higher belt, it's like I'm not setting up for this. I'm two steps ahead of it. Right. And I know where you're going, and I'm going to put you there, and that is the best part of it when it all comes to fruition now. Uh, but even better, when you roll with somebody who's two steps ahead of you and you're like, man, this guy just got my number hilarious it's mm-hmm. it's just the levels of it and that's what i appreciate it's it's chess yeah. it's like okay you know i'm pretty good but there's somebody out there who is so much so better. much better and you're, and, and, and you you say to yourself how does this person do this it makes you feel like a white belt yeah and, yeah, yeah. And, and that is the part of it that is just hilarious yeah so i
0: i think that the that's why i say like what i was saying about how i don't care where you're at in your life, what you're doing. I'm telling you, I feel like everybody can get something You say it. so.
1: However, I learned um, to excel in jiu-jitsu and to progress in it. You have to be a little bit of a masochist because that first year is brutal. It oh, hurts. yeah. Who,
0: who is it? Was it was it Hickson? Who, the, the hammer and the nail thing. That wasn't Hickson. Yeah, no, was it?
1: you have to be the nail for about a year. Right. It sucks.
0: Right. You're gonna you're gonna be the nail for a long yeah. time, and then eventually, some guess days what? Shows up. There's <laughs> some days you get to be the hammer. Yes. But again, you're never always the hammer. Do you remember that never
1: though? when you first started, and you're six months into it, and you're a white belt, and all of a sudden. New white belt show, up. and,
0: and you're like, like Ooh, I'm gonna fuck I their day some, up. I can
1: beat somebody up, yep. You know, and, and you and
0: actually got to do some moves, something worked, like, like you're like, Oh shit,
1: shit. Yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, you start progressing through it, and uh, you know, it, it just becomes fun. And like I said, I love the people, and I love that the people are not from the same walk of life that I am, mm-hmm. so I get to add some, some perspective to their life, and they get to add something to mine, right? And, and that's important. Yeah. Um, and that's the part that I like is, and you see, none of these people are stupid. They're not goons. Yeah. They're, they're thinkers. Yeah. You know, and you get a lot of doctors and lawyers and entrepreneurs, and, and you're like, okay, nurses. Like you said, every walk of life yes. comes in there. And, and it's nice because they have a different perspective to yeah. it, and you can learn something from all those people. And yeah. that's the journey. That, yeah. like uh, Jocko says, that's the way. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate it now about getting older. Unfortunately, as you get older, um, I forget who was talking about it. It was probably Andy Stump who was talking to somebody. But uh, as I get older, and I, I say to myself, well, you know, I am a, a purple belt, and a young, super strong white belt comes in. Like a, coll- like a collegiate or high school wrestler, somebody's really good.
0: You're like, good. no, I'm good. No, 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 I still work <laughs> those people.
1: But you're like, hey, you know what? Some of the stuff that I'm using now doesn't work on them. And you're like, yeah, it doesn't because guess what? You're getting older, and you're not – uh, at that level physically that they are now, they're not catching you in anything, but you're not catching them in anything either. And you're wondering why? Well, it's because they're twenty pounds heavier than you, and they're twenty years younger than you, right? And and
0: they're about twenty seconds faster but, than you. But
1: that's <laughs> what Jiu Jitsu is for. Is to say, hey, guess what? I I rolled into this two hundred twenty pound strong college kid, and he couldn't do anything to me, and I'm forty eight years old, right? So and that's where, well,
0: especially from kind of bring it back around, especially from our side yeah. of it of like being in law enforcement I want to listen until I get how it. many times do you run in to someone that is again they're amped up because it's yeah, their or
1: drunk or on drugs, right yeah.
0: and yeah. again they are so wound up and so amped up because this is the most important thing that's happening in their life right now What, oh, yeah. regardless of what it is and you whether you are or not are the bad guy showing up you know, na- very rarely. There's, listen, at best, when you show up to a call, you're only uh, the good guy to fifty percent of the, the people involved. If that. If that.
1: Yeah, if you're lucky.
0: Like if you're lucky, you're fifty ah. percent the so, hero.
1: Other day, I got a call five forty a.m. Six foot five, two hundred thirty pound guy, meth to the gills. Yeah. At his house causing a problem. Yeah, great. Yeah. I'm not even at work yet.
0: How to start? What better way to start your Show morning? Show up to
1: the house. And, of course, I set night shift home. Show up to the house. I get there. And um, my other day shift unit's coming. Guy is stuck to the wall like a bug. We'll come off the wall. <laughs> Every noise that happens. He's like, eyes <laughs> bugged out looking. I said, what's going on? He goes, they're trying to eat me.
0: Yeah, they are. They're
1: trying to eat me alive. And I said, like, parasites are like lions. And I'm like, what's up, you know? Yeah. So I start talking to this guy, and I'm keeping my distance because I don't want this guy to jump. He's, <laughs>
0: he's about to hop. No, no, like, no, he just to the wall. So sure enough, I'm like, okay, man. And you're do sitting do
1: there. Well, I, I, I was smart enough before we got there. Had already been Baker and Marchman and yeah. arrested for meth. I mean, just, you know. Uh, but young, big, strong kid. Right. Um, you know, neck tattoo, so you, you know he don't believe nothing I believe. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so um,
0: there is something to say about that. What'd you
1: that neck tattoo? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, You've okay.
0: you have different aspirations yeah, in you're, life. You're, yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, I'm talking to him for a while, and I'll talk to that guy for an hour before I fight him for a minute. Mm. So I'm talking to him, and he's like, "Yeah, they're out to they're going to eat me," and I'm like, "Okay." So. Good. Talk to his roommates. Are like, yeah, he uses meth, and this happens. Like, he's wigged down, and he's already knocking stuff over. So like no problem. So I get the paramedics out there, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do marshman on him. He is out of his skull, you know. So they they touch him on his arms, and he just stiffens up like a board. Not not
0: like to the, fight. Like, no, just, not to
1: fight. Just like a yeah. stone. And you could see he's starting to sweat, and he is like using every bit of energy to keep his arms tight. And they're trying to put the cuff on him. To, and his heartbeat was through the roof, so we're trying to sit him in a chair, and he won't sit in a chair because he's like a board. Yeah. And I was like, oh. so finally they transported him out there, and I, I did the, the marshman on him. But um, you know, this is what you're dealing with, and, and I would rather sit there and talk to that guy. Yeah. And leave him on the wall because you know some idiot would go up there and be like, hey buddy, and grab him by the arm and probably set him off. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let's just hang out on the wall for a little
0: while. <laughs> and the team, see, that's experience. Yeah. That's and what I got some bodies here. Experience and, over ego. Yeah, Every, oh, time. Yeah, Every time. Every time. I will
1: talk to him about anything. You know, yeah. I was talking to him about Jurassic Park and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. You know, <laughs> forever, just, you know. Right. Um, but I think that's one of the things that you learn from this job is being able to talk to anybody.
0: Oh, you know, yeah.
1: Anything. Yeah. And it, it helps in that we could take – I could talk to you for two hours about nothing if you want to. Absolutely. And, and we're good to go. Yeah. And then guess what? We can walk you into the bracelets as to – just grabbing up on you and everybody gets their ass whooped. I don't mm-hmm. want do that. I'm
0: no. too old for that shit anymore. Well, I, I used to tell people all the time, man. I go, man, I've been punched in the face enough times. I don't really no care. More. I don't want to do it anymore. No. Spit like on I've got shit. nothing to prove. No. Nothing no. to prove. I want
1: to go home today. Yeah. I want to go home today the same way that I was in the <laughs> no. morning. Because no, no,
0: no. guess what? Here's the reality. My dad said this to me a long time. He goes, no one ever wins a fight.
1: No. He and goes,
0: no, no. He goes, because guess what? you say you cold cock the guy first punch, knock him out cold. Your hand's hurting tomorrow. Yeah. And, I don't care how hard left. you are.
1: And he's going to file an IA. You're well, no, no, no.
0: I'm not even talking about like, yeah. you know, this, he told me this way back when I was like in high school. He goes, I'll tell you right now, you even cold cock guy, knock him out cold, never see the guy again. He goes, your hands going to hurt the next day. He goes, and I, I, you know, I talked about it with my buddy on the last podcast too. He, my dad was supposed to be on the next podcast, but he canceled because of this COVID shit. Um, yeah. But uh, he's got some stories. And I, I'll tell you right now, the reason I he, – he has probably – man, he's been in more fights than I will probably be in in the rest of my life. Like of my yeah. life that I've had, he's probably he's – let's put it this way. He's probably lost more fights than I'll ever be in, okay? And – he can sit there and tell you things that, like, what he learned from each one. Yeah. And that being said, like, he's related to it. And I think what was nice is I got to an age at a certain, like, again, doing the jujitsu and the fighting. And, like, I started really taking in, is it not being a funny story or a good, you know, Oh, hey, we're drinking, and he tells a joke about this or that, as going, oh, okay. Like, I really started to recognize, like, yeah, what am I gaining? I'm not gaining jack shit from this. Like, I'm still getting punched in the face. There's nothing. I'm telling you right now, even UFC fighters, they will tell you, okay, people can hate on Floyd Mayweather all they want. But the Smart reason Yeah. The reason he's as good as he is is because he takes the least amount Doesn't of damage. GSP. Right. He'll Same you thing. every fight. People get so mad at you know, that guy god and it's like And it's back. like, why are you you're mad at him for doing good?
1: So I gotta sit out here and bang with you every time. Yeah, day yeah, day? like
0: no. Go look up how long was Forrest Griffin's career tell you what, in you know, comparison mean, to GSP's? My
1: epitome is the guy is Chris Levin. Oh god. The guy had had like a fucking
0: Cinder block, yeah.
1: But Okay, it's great, great fights to watch. But is his is he ever going to reach the GSP
0: level? No. Is he ever going to be able to read out a third grade level? Great, great fight, like,
1: and great to watch. Yeah. But you
0: well, what was that one? Was it Mark Coleman that he when that they did the knockout? Like he mm-hmm. knocked him out and he got back up and ended up knocking yeah. him out. That fight is one of the most exciting. Like you're because you're 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 literally if you're not standing. While you're watching it, you, you're insane because you're going, oh my but, gosh, he just okay. knocked him out. And then they knock he knocks
1: him but out. Also, what, it's insane.
0: Totally Look it understand. up. YouTube it's that shit. Extent,
1: but would I rather see Dominic Cruz fight with great footwork, great slips, never really take hey, a shot. Hey,
0: did you – speaking of Dominic Cruz, I guess he's fighting on this card. Yeah. This yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. What happened with the Ferguson-Khabib thing? That guy just squatted. What happened? I don't know. I don't know. He's he was just like, hey, hey – I'm gonna, I'm gonna quarantine in Siberia here,
1: like I'm just gonna fight. Sab- I'm just gonna that fucking train with bears. Sixth time that fight got canceled. Sixth
0: time. Sixth? sixth. Oh, geez, I thought it was the fourth. No, sixth time. Um, We're never gonna see that fight. Why did Tony take this? He gets nothing from this. He Gets money. How do you lose? So does Tony Ferguson.
1: And
0: Tony will fight anybody anywhere. Yeah. he's. I just said that to Clark the other day. I go, he's 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 not as good, but he's he's definitely a Donald Cerrone in that sense, that he will uh, not he's, that he's not he's I'm not done. talking about his fighting ability, I'm talking about he's like, Yeah, I'll fight you. Like let's do this thing. Donald will fight you, he doesn't care what your weight is, he doesn't no. care what he is actually He doesn't give a shit if no. there's a camera around. No. He'll fight you no. right now. And Love you know, that shit. But
1: Think about that. So, by the time you're 40, you're done. Oh, yeah. You know, I get it, but not the greatest of lives that you're going to have. No. Well, like
0: we just said, Lieben. you think that dude's able to read a book? Not well.
1: He's actually fighting bare
0: knuckle. No, it's a good choice. Yeah, well. It's a real good choice. I
1: I don't know what what he has to fall back on. Yeah, what else does he have? I respect the guy.
0: He had a real shitty, because I remember when he went through the Ultimate Fighter, he had a real shitty life.
1: But, um, you know, that's what he does. Not a great life. And if you look at some of the guys now, like if you see Mark Coleman, his body's tore up. You
0: know that. All of them. I mean, there's some guys that have done. Listen, there's some guys, man, when they are. That's who they need. They need to get those guys, these former fighters, to be the judges.
1: Yeah, and Rogan That's what they need to do. That'd be smart. Because
0: some of them are so good at announcing. You know what I mean? Dominic Cruz. Great announcer, Here's the DC. Great announcer. I totally
1: understand, but you can't have DC judge like a Khabib fight or anybody who's in the ATK or whatever. Well, uh,
0: yes, for sure. So you need to get again maybe think, some like, of the more do you think, old school. Like, when DC school.
1: retires, like John Jones, say, yeah, I like that guy judging my fight. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right, right,
0: right. Okay, so you get someone like again. I like hope Dominic though.
1: Cruise or somebody, yeah. I, I but
0: you get someone even go go older that was in the in the game in a different era, like. uh... Randy Couture, yeah, or
1: Rich Franklin,
0: yep, some of uh, like yeah. uh, Arlowski, because um, they can tell yeah. you who won a fight, right? They they're not judging it on that. They're no, gonna they're, say, they're like, yeah, they're hey, he you. even even some of these guys that run camps, okay, they're not allowed to judge on camps that are involved. Like you know what I mean? They come from, the, but listen, as much as I didn't like the guy, Tim Sylvia can tell you who's winning a fucking fight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Frank Mir. Some yeah. of these guys that are not, like, actively involved yeah, in the... champions, phenomenal. Absolutely. Is, like, maybe that should be part of the caveat, is instead you instead have to be a champion. A before, yeah, but, but hey, GSP, I, yeah. Matt Hughes, let them fucking but, judge some fights. Well, Matt Hughes school. is a fucking psychopath. I don't know about that guy. I don't
1: know. I mean, I don't, like I said, I've never met that guy. I, I think getting punched in the head for a living doesn't make you a normal person. No. You know, but even so, doing our job for living, oh, a living. Oh, definitely not. I mean, as much as,
0: like, Joe Rogan is, like, liberal as fuck, I will tell you right now, he does have it right to an extent of, like, I don't know how many people are actually, should be cops. Do you know what I mean? Like, the way he's he says it in the sense of, like, he goes, well, he says, he goes, I don't know if anybody should be a cop. It's like, well, someone has to be a cop.
1: But it's the expectation, like I said, the expectation of... of perfection, right. yeah, yes. No.
0: Exactly. Uh, it's not realistic.
1: And, and we're not always gonna make it right. Unfortunately with the way media is today, you're never gonna like you're never gonna see the right things. So I've done this shot for twenty years. I've never shot a soul. I've done it right for twenty years. Um, but they'll never say, Oh look at this you know you did it right show, for twenty years. They'll yeah. only show, you know, that one guy from Albuquerque who made a mistake. Yep. And you're like, Oh, they're all cops are like this. No. You know, it's very hard um, because that's what sells. And, and you have to understand that, you know, the media is looking for clicks now. Oh, they're for looking sure. for clicks, they're looking for advertisement and you doing the great job for 20 years, isn't gonna yeah, do nothing sell, for that. Yeah, you know? they don't like that. So they're looking for the action, they're looking for somebody makes some a mistake because they can say, oh, look at this. Um, you know, this guy did a terrible job. Well, you know what? He did. And unfortunately it yeah. happens. Um, but it's the minute part of it that says, Oh yeah, this guy made a mistake. But for the other million decisions that were made, that made by <laughs> right. in this country, it was fine. Right. You know, oh yeah. And it's unfortunate being lumped in with those people. But guess what? Uh, depending on how big your agency sure is happened. if <laughs> you know if one percent of your agency is bad people guess what? If you have an agency of a thousand people... That's the one that
0: stands out. Yeah, those yeah. are the
1: people who are going are gonna to come out. And and you have to deal with that. And we, we have things in place to deal with that, but... Um,
0: well, it's just like drivers. I mean, in general. You think about how many people are actually driving. Yeah. And there then you have that, that one horrific wreck that happens yeah. and it's like it makes news and it's like...
1: Well, yeah, but how many people we all made it drove? Home. Like, yeah. yeah,
0: like drove, and but that they, didn't happen. Well, uh, perfect example. I was listening to uh, uh, Bill Burr and uh, yeah. Burr Kreischer the other day. Yeah, have you heard their podcast? No. The, it's it's Did the they Bill do one together. Oh, dude, yeah, they have a bunch. It's, it's Burrs called or it's called the Bill Burr podcast. Oh my god, it's hilarious. But they were talking because you know Burr flies helicopters. Yeah, well, they were talking about Kobe. And the helicopter and how it crashed and all that yeah. bullshit. How many helicopters and, like every day? And he crazy. said – and he goes, how many – like that guy and that and that particular pilot in particular had – I mean he had how many master – 10,000 yes. hours driving instrument ratings and it was in somewhat shitty weather. But how many times had he done it before? Like all this stuff and it's like a lot of people under so many – like a lot of what Burr calls himself like – new. I think he has like – yeah. Whatever it is, 250 hours, he's which is PS still very guy. good. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's, and he was going through instrument training yes. stuff, and he's like, it scared a lot of guys into like, and it's like, well, hang on a second. How many pilots fly every day, that and never it doesn't it. happen? Yeah, exactly. You know, so you gotta, it's a very, it's a very minute, like you said, amount of, in the grand scheme of things, yes, totally that thing fuck up. Thing,
1: but yeah, made a mistake.
0: Yeah. That fuck up, and then it's it's everybody's you know, only as good as your last mistake. You know yeah, that's that's all it comes down to. Unfortunately, that's what it is. But I'll listen. We're at we are way this is the longest one, two hours and ten minutes. We've got to wrap this bad boy up because uh, nobody wants to listen to us talk that long. But uh, do you have you have anything else you want to say to close this thing out no. or no? No, no?
1: I, I, I've been no. avoiding you in the process. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. I've been. You've been saying I'm
1: home alone. I know. No come,
0: friends. come talk to me. The only reason Brian even came over here was to talk me off a ledge. But uh, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, listen. Thanks for coming over, man, and talking. I'm sure we'll do a bunch more of these. But uh,
1: who, so who I, do you have come up
0: next? Uh, well, the problem is, is this whole freaking pandemic thing. COVID. Yeah. I'll tell you what. There's i a, had the COVID. I'll talk to you when we get off, Mike. There's a. There's a few people that don't want to come on just because of the people that are already listening they're like i don't know if we if i should come on there and talk who listen i there's there's a few people i'll talk to you when we get off of this but yes there's oh, so
1: you saying you have to get a gm
0: session no 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 not that aspect of it but uh there there are some people that are like oh i don't know if i should for whatever this that or the other i'll, I'll talk to you when we get off but really yeah so we'll see i'll i'll talk to you about who i got coming up too cuz i don't want to name names until they actually come on but uh i want to put them in a spot to where they're like, oh now I gotta do it. But they
1: oh they have
0: to do it. Listen, I I only want people to come on that wanna do this and bullshit because here's the reality is the only people that are listening to this whether whatever the case, they either find it funny or they're doing it because they're doing me a favor, whatever the case is, I'm just doing this for fun. And if you enjoy listening to it, awesome. And if you don't want to
1: listen anymore, don't.
0: I don't. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm not getting anything no, out of this. Like my Uncle Joey says, go fuck
1: yourself. God,
0: go, go, go fuck yourself, <laughs> motherfuckers. All right, so I think that's the best thing to end on. <laughs> go fuck yourself, motherfuckers. But uh, uh, seriously, though, thanks for listening, and uh, uh, thanks for being here, Brian. I appreciate it, buddy. I'll All talk hang on, quick. All right, see so-